snack time? Here we go. Blue Diamond's habanero barbecue flavored almonds. So tangy and zesty and oh, but there's also Blue Diamond's wasabi and soy sauce almonds, bringing that flavor with a kick. Okay, I'm having both. Blue Diamond almonds, super flavor, all on a superfood. On a nightly basis, so thank you so, so much. Enzo Worsley, how you doing? Thank you for joining us as we continue on. We're going to try and fit all of Roll Call in here. Donnie Cho, Evan Walters, thank you for coming on in. Alien Critter, Ruger Ridge, thanks for joining us, guys. And Zochito Paez, looking gorgeous tonight. Worsley's looking gorgeous. Carfoon Ebray's looking gorgeous. And the oh, there's Human Carl. Human Carl's here, everyone. We love our Human Carl, another great veteran who listens to this show. Thank you for your service, Human Carl. Obi Flett, how are you? Good to have you here. The Gorgeous, Fidgety Aura, Marty Burback, looking good tonight. Zenzibil, looking stunning. Cable Guy Matt is here. You can officially get your Cable Guy Matt t-shirt at the Spaced Out Radio Store. It comes with a piece of coaxial cable. You cannot buy these in stores, people. The lovely Sonia's News, how are you? And uh, Noble Patrick, you're going to have to be the last one that we call out tonight. Oh, maybe it's TMI. But, friends, it's time. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We are going the distance tonight after major news breaking in Washington, D.C., where the United States government held its first congressional hearings on the UAP phenomena in 50-plus years. Did we get any answers? Did we get any closer? Did they say they were aliens coming on down and hanging on out and partying with us in Las Vegas after parking their ship at Area 51? Well, that's to be determined. So we're going to skip all the conjecture and everything that goes along with it. Special night. We got a major panel here for you. We got them till the bottom of the hour from the Liberation Times. We have Christopher Sharp from that UFO podcast. Jason Gilmet, nice beard and mustache combination. From Strange Paradigms, Christina Gomez. From MUFON, Katie Page. Science Bob McGuire. Back again for a second night in a row. He's changed hats for tonight. And Nicole Sackage, researcher, author, and business partner 
of Spaced Out Radio. Let's get right to it. And Christopher Sharp, I'm going to start with you because I know we're on a limited time with you tonight, my friend. But let's get right to it. What was your thoughts on today's hearings? Um, well, th- thank you, firstly, for having me on. And, yeah, uh, this is a wonderful panel as well, so um, I'm, I'm really, really honoured. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I think that, um, you know, Moultrie and Bray, who are taking the questions, very, very well be- rehearsed, a lot of qualifying statements there, plausible deniability. Um, they didn't really want to get into the past, so what happened between that time when there was Blue Book and ATIP, which I'm also really, really pleased that they actually did acknowledge um, so that's great news for Lou there. Um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, you have to think about the bigger picture of what's happening. Lou himself has said this is probably going to be the first of many hearings. Um, I, in my opinion, Chris Mellon has been playing 3D chess all along. Um, and um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there are any other surprises that he's got up his sleeve as well. So um, yeah, I think they're playing the long game and this is just a start um, and surprisingly, um, the, Wils- the, the Wilson Davis um, memo was brought up as well um, and added to the record. Um, so that was the big surprise for me. Um, I think that was done on purpose. Um, I'm very, very optimistic about the future now. Yeah. I didn't see it as positively as you did, my friend. I mean, there were some highlights for me, but my opinion tonight, we'll get into that a little bit later. I want to get everybody in here. Christina Gomez, your first time on Spaced Out Radio with us. I want to get your opinion. Uh, I'm sure you were up early, like the majority of us, watching this. Did your jaw drop? Were you excited? Were you were you happy? Were you scratching your head afterwards? Well, from the very beginning, I didn't have high expectations, same as the June 25th report. So I was really looking for those breadcrumbs and kind of thinking along the lines of, I hope this is just the beginning. There were a lot of things that did. So I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Yeah, that was Nicole. I'm going to get Nicole to turn her speakers down. But uh, go ahead, Christina. So there were a a few questions and a few answers that really did shock me. But what we need to keep in mind while we are giving our opinions on this is that it wasn't created for the UFO community. While a lot of us might have considered it to be a nothing burger or just old news and nothing worth considering, this was really geared towards those that don't know anything about the subject. And that even goes for the members that were a part of Congress that were even asking the questions. They weren't that familiar with the topic either. So this is just the start. At least I'm, I'm hoping that's the case. And hopefully, as a collective, we'll all be more informed on the phenomenon. And that's kind of where our podcasts and our shows fill in the gaps where the mainstream media and Congress fall short. So overall, like I said, I didn't have high expectations. But I was pretty excited waiting for the hearing, watching the hearing, and even after, I was pleased with it. Well, the one thing that I noticed was Chris Mellon, he really didn't seem on Twitter uh, that he was very happy with what was going on today. I mean, he seemed, you know, glad that the conversation was happening. 
And yet he seemed to all of a sudden, you know, kind of say, you know, we really didn't get what we wanted. Dr. Bob McGuire, I'm going to bring you in here. As Chris Mellon, I want to quote his tweet that said, that was a frustrating hearing as well as a reminder both of how far we've come and how far we still have to go. In 2022, Bob, should we be hearing congressmen talking about swamp gas? No. No, we, we shouldn't. And furthermore, they, they, the, the, the people behind the scenes that are doing all this data collection, they actually know that some of these sensed objects, the stuff that isn't swamp gas that they try to uh, uh, throw in there, uh, we, they know that some of these objects cannot be manufactured on the earth by any known power. They know this. And that's, I, that was the one thing I wanted. They said, we don't know. We don't know this and we don't know that. And then they were asked lots of questions that were completely obvious. And it was horrifying that they did not know about any, uh, any of the incursions on the nuclear weapons fields and on the northern tier. That was just awful. And it's clear that the two people that were trotted out have no access to the insider information about recovered craft, aliens, Roswell, or any of that stuff. And that's the reason they were out there, because they could truthfully say that we don't know. Furthermore, they had not been read into any compartments, and the way they answered was, we in UAPTF don't know any of these answers. Of course, that completely excludes 95% of the internal universe in the government, uh, which, which they didn't even inquire about. So they didn't talk about Wright-Patterson. They didn't talk to the Air Force. They didn't talk to Space Force. They claim they represent them, but they represent them with zero information in their pocket, and they don't know what has gone on from, from Foo Fighters forward. And so there was a lot. They, there were evasive answers they were craftily done. They sent the right people out there so they could tell the truth and it mean a lie. All right. We got more people I want to get to, but I know, Chris, you're on a time limit here because you do have meetings all day today. Chris, when you hear the battle between those who are frustrated with this and those who are trying to find out any positive incentive in moving the ball forward, you know, as a journalist writing for Liberation Times, how do you find the balance from your sources and what are they talking about behind the scenes? I'll get you, I'll get you to unmute, Chris. I mean, firstly, this is a major step forward. I mean, um, the story that Josh Boswell and I wrote to coincide with the hearing, it was the top headline in the Daily Mail. I mean, I don't remember last time when that happened. I mean, if anything, it's caught the media's attention big time. Um, and in, in terms of what I'd say is that I was always expecting more questions to come out of this than answers. I think that's what we need now. Um, I don't know if you saw, but um, afterwards, um, Representative Gallagher and Representative um, Krisha Morphy, um, two of the stars from that um, actual um, committee, um, they appeared afterwards on the television to be interviewed. None of them were satisfied by the answers that they got. Uh, both actually felt that Bray and Moultrie evaded their questions. I mean, in my opinion, we're not looking at a happy... Um, committee and a happy Congress, and I expect more hearings from here. And also, um, 
Rubio and Gillibrand have been very, very quiet on this topic lately, um, apart from the leaks that came from Politico um, last week. Um, and I'm getting a similar vibe from them than I did with um, Carson and um, the other reps who are in today's committee once I heard that the hearings were going to take place. Obviously, they didn't say anything because New York Times got the exclusive. But um, I'm getting a similar vibe. I'm expecting uh, more hearings. I mean, this was to move the ball forward. And I think, you know, come a few months down the line, we'll see it as part of um, a bigger kind of like picture that kind of got us to where we want to get. I was chatting with Luis Elizondo earlier today, Chris, via text message afterwards. And I'm not going to go through the entire uh, process because I think that's a private conversation. But I will say what he told me here. He said, today was a a way to tell Congress that they don't want to consider the real possibility it may be non-human. But that's okay. This is only the first hearing of more to follow. It's just like the 180-day report. People didn't realize the significance until later. Baby steps, he goes on to say. He goes, remember, this is a process, and we have to let it run its course. Wilson document now added to the record, and ATIP was acknowledged. So there was some victories in there by small wording, Chris, but there really wasn't a lot to do with the actual fact of why we were here. When we're still hearing little green men and we're still hearing swamp gas, it really goes to show how far behind maybe the elected officials and or Congress really are on this topic, which made it easy for both both, uh, gentlemen from the uh, UAPTF or AIMSOG to actually deflect this. Yeah, I I mean, at the end of the day, there's a reason why... Lou is talking a lot about amnesty. This was the opening act. It was quite a, it wasn't a great opening act. I mean, we're talking about guys here who were qualifying their language all the time, basically. Um, I mean, in in regards to, um, like, um, you know, they were asked something along the lines of, you know, um, contracts relating to materials. Moultrie said, I'm not aware of any contractual programs that are focused on anything related to um, defence contractors um, in relation to co materials and stuff like that. However, you know, from talking to one of my sources who actually works in the defence industry, he said, actually, well, you know, uh, what about independent R&D <laughs> work that's not contractual, that's reimbursed by the DOD? Um, there's a lot of advanced tech that goes on there. So a lot of these statements and stuff, you have to read between the lines. And, um, yeah, I I mean, I think once you've got, like, a really, really good analysis there um, of what they're actually saying, then you can, like, kind of, like, pick apart um, their answers today. But, look, I'm expecting a lot more. I think Lou, again, I will underline that he's talking about amnesty for a very, very good reason. Um, Chris Mello is playing 3D chess. Um, Expect more fireworks to come, in my opinion. I'm very, very optimistic. Although, um, you know, today wasn't the greatest um, hearing of all time. I think bigger things to come. And look, if the Senate Intelligence Committee is going to hold a similar hearing, I mean, you're going to see you're going to see a very, very good show in terms of you know, especially Gillibrand and, and Rubio because they're very, very frustrated by the process. Well, let's hope that uh, Katie Page, you come on in here because. We have, uh, you have spent pretty much the entire day doing radio interview after radio interview regarding this subject in your beautiful state of Colorado. What's your opinion on what happened today? 
Well, I think the best thing that came out of it was trying to remove the stigma for pilots or military men and women to report these things. So that was a step in the right direction, right? Um, I love that they said it's a bipartisan topic, which it is and should be, although they love to politicize everything they can get their hands on. So those were some good things. But I was just so disappointed in the disorganization of things that, you know, the, the videos they chose to to use as examples were horrific. And then they couldn't even pause the thing. You know, Adam Schiff is like, well, what are you talking about? What are we trying to see here? And then they spend two minutes to try and find the dang little blip. I'm like, come on, couldn't we have been more organized there? And where were our witnesses? Where were the pilots? Where where were our military men and women? And, and, and why just the Navy? And then, of course, it's always, well, we'll talk about that at noon behind closed doors. And I realized there's top secret you know, radars and equipment under our oceans that they can't really discuss in public. But for me, the whole thing was a little, um, you know, that nothing burger a little bit. But I, I agree with the panelists as well. I mean, this is a first step of many, so we'll see where this takes us. But just like before, it kind of always ends up a little disappointing. Christina, did you think that the video was a little bit, uh, you know, less apropos than what we needed? Were you expecting something a little bit more interesting, especially after they called out Jeremy Corbell's night vision video as pretty much Boca and and confirmed what all the skeptics had said about that? Well, I feel like the choice of videos was rather intriguing in the sense of, one, they didn't tell us the date. They didn't tell us the location. They barely touched on how it was recorded. And what shocked me the most, and that Katie had mentioned, is there was one video specifically addressed by Adam Schiff. And for several minutes, they're just trying to catch that clip. Or And, and th- there wasn't a freeze frame of the UFO that was caught on camera. So what comes to my mind, because we are dealing with congressmen, we're dealing with military officials, we're dealing with intelligent uh, officials as well in, in the sense of um, intel, right? So it makes me question, was it intentional to let that video run and run and run and, and get these kinds of confused remarks by those watching the video i in my opinion i believe there was a purpose for it otherwise it just looks horrendous it honestly looks stupid like they weren't prepared they didn't know what they were doing they don't know how to use technology and i have to be a little bit more optimistic when it comes to something as important as this regardless of if you're familiar with the with the ufo history or not or even the present information putting that aside if it's classified as a threat which when we're dealing with congress and the government it is classified as such it's going to be held in high regard and it is going to be classified as important so the fact that in that one video in particular at about the 37 minute mark I have to think that there had to be a reason for it. There had to be intention. What that intention was, well, I don't know. Like Chris has mentioned, not only is Chris Mellon playing 3D chess, but it could be very well that a lot of those people in Congress are also playing 3D chess that we are just not seeing yet. So overall, in in some respects, I was disappointed with the videos. But then again, it makes me question what's going on there's one more thing i do want to mention before i I pass it over and that is 
remember on on 60 minutes navy pilot ryan graves said they're seeing ufos in the sky on a daily basis and uh they're they're telling us that the best they can get are our cell phone images that, that they showed to congress today i mean i have to call bs on that and so i'm assuming that the smoking gun video evidence is just kind of being held back for analysis or all these types of different excuses so i one bray was saying oh yeah this is the best cell phone footage we can have that we can share with you but then you have navy pilot ryan gray stating on 60 minutes that they're seeing things like this every single day i can just smell the bs and so i was rather disappointed in that aspect all right, Bob, I saw you nodding your head quite a bit there in regards to it, but I, I want to get your opinion momentarily, Bob, but because we only have a couple minutes left with Christopher Sharp from Liberation Times, Chris, the videos, very weak. I thought it was it was almost a, a joke that they they lined up, they couldn't line up that one video to show us the dot in the sky, which to me looked very similar to the Batman balloon that we had seen about a year and a half ago. I mean, what's your thoughts on these videos? <clears throat> yeah, great question. So, I mean, you've just got to listen to um, Rep- uh, Representative Burchett after the hearings took place. You know, he said it was a lame video. And he says he's seen much better. He's asking, you know, why are we not bringing uh, naval aviators in? Um, yeah, and he's also saying it's bogus um, to say they have whistleblower status as well. Um, they can't have whistleblower status until it's um, in the law. Um, but yeah, the, the videos themselves, I think um, yeah, I was kind of getting a mixed picture on that because Burchett said he'd um, see much better questions. But if you listen to Crawford in there, um, in the committee, the ranking Republican, he was saying, he was kind of complaining, saying that the video that he's seen isn't so clear. Um, so I'm not sure where that's come from. I don't know if they've all had the same briefings, they've all seen the same stuff. Um, so I was a little bit confused by that, um, but yeah, I think there's, I think there's, yeah, there, there's a lot more, you know, obviously better footage out. So I'm, ju- I'm just hoping that you know that we get to see a lot more of it. And if you noticed as well, you had um, Representative Schiff in um, in the committee as well in the subcommittee, and that's when you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply. It's not something that he usually sits on if you look at the members of that committee. Um, but obviously, he's the chair of the actual House Committee itself on Intelligence. And he was calling for transparency um, in it. That was kind of like his main message, really. Um, and I think when you've got someone powerful like Schiff, who sits on the Gang of Eight, asking for more transparency. And by the way, on the Gang of Eight, there is, you know, there is the possibility that he has seen a lot more compelling footage himself as well. But when he's calling for more transparency on this, with him being such a powerful figure... I think I'm hoping that we can actually hear a lot more on this and get better footage out there. 
Jason Gilmet from that UFO podcast. We got about two minutes here before we got to go to break at the bottom of the hour. You and I are coming at this from a completely different angle, which is the fact that we're Canadian and we're looking down at our brothers and sisters of the South saying, come on, we had our pom-poms ready even during hockey playoffs here. And yet, what's your thoughts? Where do you feel on this? Where do you stand? I, it's almost like the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing in the States because we know for years that they've had uh, crash retrieval uh, experiences that, you know, even Jacques Vallée's recent book describes 1945 as, you know, having another year where the U.S. military gained some sort of out-of-worldly technology. So we know that these groups exist. Now, what I thought was funny in, um, I think it was Moultrie that said it, but Oh, no, must be brave when he was talking about uh, uh, the procedures, what happens, uh, you know, after something is cited while well, we come in and we take the information and I'm like, okay, but isn't there already a group of people that already do that? And, you know, go back to the Nimitz incident when that happened with the Tic Tac um, within 20 minutes, two men in civilian clothes showed up and grabbed the information and took off. Well, the UAP task force didn't exist back then. So who was it? So are they going to be competing against that group of people now? Like, I don't, I don't know how, exactly how much pull this new organization is going to have. But, uh, yeah, I just thought, you know, well laid out plans for being relatively new. But, uh, yeah, there were certain things in their, uh, what would you call it, debrief or briefings, if you will, to uh, the Congress that were okay for me. Like, I thought it was okay. It was a little nuggets of information that I like, like following wherever it may lead. Like if it turns out to be extraterrestrials or something like that, that you are going to continue pursuing that, that you're not just going to keep it secret, right? All right. I'm going to get you to hold on right there. We, I promise we will hear from Nicole Sackage in the second half hour. Thank you, Christopher Sharp from Liberation Times for stopping on in. We got a great panel talking about today's UFO Congress history being made. Who knows? All right, guys, we got five minutes. Reminder that our YouTube audience can hear us when we're speaking. Uh, Christopher, thank you so much. I know you, you'd love to stay, but I know you got to run and, and uh, you know, go have tea with the queen. So, you know what? We'll leave it at that, mm-hmm. and we'll talk soon, my friend. I appreciate you. That's Prince Charles, actually. Yes, um, I, forget, I, I know. <laughs> I, I, yes. <laughs> Literally, he's going to have tea with Prince Charles. Love it. That's Thank awesome. you, Christopher. Thank That's you. That's no so pressure on all Thank you for having me on. Um, lovely meeting you all as well. Hopefully we get to meet again. Take care, guys. We'll do it soon, Thanks Chris. Thank you. Great guy. Bye-bye. Fantastic guy, uh, Chris from Liberation Times. And yeah, that that's a uh that's a relationship that you're going to see a lot out of on Spaced Out Radio coming up in the future here as well. So, you know, it, it's good. It's real good. I'm just happy you guys are all here. Because if I gave my opinion, I, I, I'd be blowing up right now. <laughs> hey, glad, glad, glad to be here, man. Thanks for the invite. I had to get tuned up by, I had to get tuned up by the Mystic Lion today because I was on fire afterwards. The Mystic Lion came in with his big paw and just whap right across the back of my head. It was great. You know who the Mystic Lion is, right? Christina? That's a Lou's nickname for Sean Cahill. 
Ah. No, I didn't know that. It's a pet I didn't thing. know either. I will guarantee you the Mystic Lion is listening in right now while he's brushing his hair at least 48 times per side. Per side. Count down from 100. He has good hair. He has good he hair. He does have beautiful hair. He, he does. He, he, he honestly does. You know, I, I almost felt when we were in Las Vegas, I literally almost felt like going to find a barber and cutting mine after seeing his I mean, that was immaculate. <laughs> Absolutely immaculate. <clears throat> I'm still racing chat room to say hello to everyone. Uh, and uh, so give me a, a little bit here. I'm literally about uh, 12 minutes behind in the chat room. Hell with it. I'll just say it. Hi, Media Fox. And uh, who else? Terry Brown. Thank you for joining us. And who else is here? Um, hey, Dave, am I still having an echo? No, your your echo is gone. You know, I don't have speakers, so well, something, that was really weird. Something must have been coming out on your end, because that's where, because the minute I muted you, that's when it uh, went silent. Space I, It might have been my cell phone, so I'm sorry. Probably. I shut it down, too. Probably. But I have a thunderstorm raging right now, too, so... FYI. Nicole, where are you again? Where do you live? Um, Tornado Alley, Illinois. Oh, that's right. Illinois. How did I forget that? <laughs> All right. Uh, Space Sar, thank you for joining us in our chat room for the first time. Uh, who else? Alien Critter, nice to see you back. Dorothy Hawkins, welcome to the SOR chat. Zen One, nice to have you back. Andy Jones, thank you for joining us. And uh, who else do we have here? If you're new here, we are a live radio show, so please understand that uh, we do have to time everything out to our radio breaks, and that's the reason why we are on a break right now, and so we appreciate your understanding. Big J, welcome. Marvin Monroe, welcome to SOR Chat, and uh, Mennonite Abe, good to see you. And uh, my chat room is going to jump on me again. Oh, G West, thank you so much for that great super chat, my friend. I can't believe a swamp gas was dropped today. That just pissed me <laughs> off. Honestly, it pissed <laughs> I me off. I must have missed that in my three viewings. The one, three guy, and a half viewings. The one guy I knew was going to drop that. You could tell he was so out of touch with, with uh, the subject. You know, was it LaHood? I believe it was. The old dude. I, I can't tell him apart. Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> or was it Crawford? Crawford. Crawford. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hi, gorgeous diesel girl. Ranking member. And uh, hello, Jessica Rodriguez. Welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. And who else do we have here? So we're running out of time. Uh, I guess I might have to fill the rest in. On by my fingers. Jessica, thank you so much for that super chat. We really do appreciate your support of Spaced Out Radio along with G West, Alicia, Thomas D. Cobit, D. Cohen, Obi Flett, Worsley, B uh, Science Bob, 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 and Dragon L. Thank you so much for the love, everyone. We're going to get going here in about 10 seconds. And if you're new here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button, ring the bell. We are here literally seven days a week from 9 p.m. Pacific to midnight Eastern, or midnight Eastern, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Here we go.
Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Reminder that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the uh, favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with a great panel tonight breaking down what happened in Washington, D.C. regarding the first UFO hearings in over half a century. Joining us tonight, podcasters Christina Gomez, Jason Gilmet. We have from MUFON, Katie Page, Nicole Sackich, researcher and author, and of course, the man who needs no introduction, Science Bob, as we get rocking and rolling here. Nicole, we're going to start with you on this one because there was, you know, a little bit of, I think from the UFO community, a little ire at the way the questions were being asked towards the panel of Moultrie and Bray, who were on the hot seat for just over 90 minutes. I thought it was going to be longer. Did you think that they were throwing a lot of softball questions at the panel today, or do you think that this was a setup for further meetings? I do think it was a setup for further meetings. Um, I will say that I think I've seen the babiest of baby steps I've ever witnessed in my life <laughs> happen today. I think it was very orchestrated. And I think what bothered me most because I'm not as negative. I don't think it's a even a veggie burger. It's not even that bad. Let's not go with a nothing burger. But I am so sick of hearing Russia and China, Russia and China. It's got to be Russia and China. It's got to be this, you know, breakthrough tech from an adversary. At this point, we know it's not Russia. We know it's not China. We speak with ufologists in those countries. I at least, I wish they would throw in a, a, another country in, into that thought process because I think to our community, that is becoming most absurd. But, you know, some of my greatest parts from today were like Katie pointed out, you know, it was just reiterated over and over again to get rid of the stigmata or the stigma, sorry, with reporting. And I think that has finally sunk in hearing the reporting guidelines that have come through and that serious level, that serious tone that they take whenever they talk about it. Um, yeah. You want me to keep going? Well, I mean, I mean, <laughs> let, let's get anybody else out here to kind of look at it. Did you, did anybody else feel that there were a lot of softball questions being asked because of either a, they wanted to make the public spectacle or B that many of the people on the board really didn't have that much knowledge as we expected. Katie, let's start with you. Yeah, what bothered me was that when they were talking about with uh, Ronald Moultrie, that undersecretary, about if he goes to like cosplay and if he likes Star Trek, and I'm like, 
what is this kind of, it, it seemed like they were belittling him a little bit or making fun of his interest in the topic. And that bothered me a little bit. Did anybody else feel that way? Well, then you had Representative Gallagher and he just blew it up. But yes. he was also one of the youngest people on the panel as well. And he was just dropping name bombs. Roswell, Maelstrom. Yeah the Wilson docs and you could just tell on his face the way that he was speaking his his composure and his eyes the true enthusiasm that he had but also the slight frustration looking at his peers stating why aren't you asking the correct questions but we do need to keep in mind that it's very possible that these congressmen just aren't familiar with the topic therefore they don't know what questions to ask and that's totally normal i can understand that but i feel like gallagher really came to save the day and now he has a a huge fan base when it comes to the ufo community because i I think he did a really fantastic job but also at the very beginning of this hearing representative carson he set the stage he immediately brought up project blue book he talked about the things that need to be covered during this hearing he even brought up the aoi msg office and he said it in a very weird way that i was like is that a new office i've never heard of that i was very confused (laughs) yeah i mean it sounds disgusting just sounds very gross but and then he even stated that uaps are and he, he made it plural. UAPs are unexplained, but they are real. So he sets the stage, and I feel like he also deserves more praise when it comes to this. Because I, I also believe that he was the one that organized it. Is that correct? Yes. Andre Carson organized. Go ahead, Bob. Andre Carson is the subcommittee chairman. So so uh, uh, I want to point out that some people have paid attention to everything all along. And you saw that in Adam Schiff asking about RF emissions from the craft. And then when they bungled the answer, he picked up the UAPTF report and says, well, wait a minute, right here it says RF emissions, what the heck over? And so he he is, you could tell this guy is a first-rate prosecutor because he took their own words, and when they fumbled the answer, he turned them right around on them. And I guarantee you in private session, uh, 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 Schmidt, uh, he he would he would be tearing them apart. That that's number one. Number two, the angriest I got was that fool of Hood talking about uh, prosecuting everybody who put yes. up a UFO story. I was so mad, I was ready to tear his throat out right through the yeah. screen. Ooh. I mean, I was really hot. Ooh. I want to add, I want to build on this Gallagher shift, though, and I have to point out my my wonderful congressman from Illinois here, too, who brought the thunder, and that's Christian, I'm going to butcher it, Christian Morthy. Maybe I didn't butcher it, but I mean, oh my God, he, he brought some thunder there, too, with his questions. I was very proud of him, so <laughs> I'm trying to flip back. Um he brought up the collisions, and we got the 11 near misses out of that. He asked if we had tried or received any communications from these craft or UAP. Um, Bray answered they had not attempted communication of any form, which that floored me. That floored me. Like, even I would think in the most basic level of trying to make contact you would like 
flash your lights or something, you know, wave, <laughs> wave hello. <laughs> I, I, and I've brought this up before. Like, are we trying to make contact or are they trying to contact us? So I, I love that question. Um, and then he said uh, he assumes that we don't discharge any armaments against them. And the answer to that is no, we have not, which, yay. And then how about wreckage? You know, I think that was the first time they said wreckage in the hearings today. Unless, yeah, no, I think it was the first. And that was the answer that um, I didn't really like. They did say they have wreckage, but it's all explainable. And then that's where it gets cloaked under this, just the UAPTF. Oh yeah. That was the deal. Frustrating. But yeah. I can't believe they said we never engaged these things. I mean, we're battle of Los Angeles. Come on. I mean, there's so many reports of this. I mean, major cases that they should be aware of. Absolutely. But you know what? To me, the fumbling and bumbling, Bob, is what really got to me. The video, okay? Professional people like this should have the video ready. That's like your CEO of a major company coming in and not having his presentation ready for the board of directors. I mean, I mean, you got you got a deputy director of the Department of Defense, deputy director. And he has an entire staff to keep that kind of screw up from happening. It was really pathetic. I mean, it's just pathetic. Okay, so uh, uh, and you you just you cannot go before Congress where it's being broadcast all around the world with millions of viewers and not have a video tech there all prepared. I mean, it was outrageous. But, but how do you not know about? Never mind the videos. How do you not know about Malmstrom? How do you not know? It was clear, just like Nicole said. Nicole said it perfectly. They sequestered themselves to keep from telling stuff people inside don't want told inside the UAPTF umbrella, and that's about 1% of the government or less. So 99-plus percent of the government was not included in the data for these reports because they don't have access to it. The Air Force is not sharing their data from forever until today. Well, I mean, there was a lot of, of throat clearing and, and, and unspoken plausible deniability. And if, if in doubt, right, deny everything. And so that, that, that's kind of what I got with some of those answers that were just gobsmacking in their ignorance, just like Maelstrom. But uh, Bray, what I noticed and something that I look for is body language. And right off the bat, as soon as the camera reached to Bray, he was like uncomfortable, like trying to reposition himself. And he's just reading his script. Okay. As soon as he put his script aside and he starts answering questions by the congressman, he said, um, maybe like 20 or 30 times per question. And that's something that really bothers me. These are people that need to have good public speaking skills. They need to have good presentation skills and something that you learn in a simple class at university is not to say the word um the reason to why we say this word and we all say it and it's natural but when you say it so often it means one of two things either one you're trying to 
you're trying to somehow convey your thoughts with the proper words. So you're saying, um, to fill in those gaps so that no one can interrupt you stating that I still need to finish my sentence. So I'm going to say the word, um, so that no one can cut me off. But what I'm, how I'm looking at this is that these people have their fingers deep in the government. They know a lot of things that, that they simply can't say to the public. So when he kept saying, um, 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 and I was just like pulling out my hair, it, <laughs> in my opinion, I believe he was trying to be very careful with the way that he answered his questions. And in some respects, he wasn't prepared or the congressmen were asking the right questions that he was not expecting. I believe that was was the arms were cognitive dissonance where he's doing exactly what I'm Carrie Walsh Jennings. Five Olympics, four medals. I've played with lots of injuries and sore muscles. KT Tape has helped me push past the pain. Today, clinical studies prove what I've always known, that using KT Tape before, during, and after workouts can reduce muscle soreness. Whether it's the Olympics or the local gym, pain is pain. Tape up with the number one kinesiology tape. Use it for muscle soreness and many common injuries. KT Tape. Train longer. Finish stronger. KT Tape works for me. It'll work for you. Going on vacation is the best, but planning a vacation? That you can certainly do without. So book a trip with Apple Vacations to breathless resorts and spas. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive couples retreat to the Caribbean or a family vacation, you can count on us to find a trip you and your family will love. Apple Vacations has over 50 years of providing stress-free vacations so you can relax and make memories. Visit AppleVacations.com to plan your perfect vacation today. That's AppleVacations.com. Christina said he had a moment of cognitive dissonance where he's trying to figure out a way around what they were asking. Right, I agree with Christina. And thank you. And I think that's because he, he didn't he didn't want to say anything without any big jaw droppers. He he didn't he didn't want to shock anyone, maybe with the knowledge that he has that he simply can't share in the public hearing. Of course, we are aware at 12 noon there was a private session behind closed doors and it could have been very well that they showed better footage had better information and could have spoken more freely or maybe Bray wasn't stuttering all the time so it's unfortunate that we weren't able to see the better half of this hearing but as all of you said at the very beginning these are just the first steps and this is probably the best thing we've got so far. I mean, look at the UAP preliminary reports or the meeting of our future in space. Those were just the mere stepping stones. And now here we are really not what a year later and we're making steps. And some people are saying just like Lou Elizondo that there are more to come. And I don't think that we'll be waiting another 50 years for the next hearing. Jason, I want to talk to you about one of the highlights here of this, and that was Representative Gallagher, who absolutely, you know, came with his knowledge and his homework done. You could tell him and his his assistants really did their homework when he brought up everything from Malmstrom to the Wilson documents, basically outing Eric Davis, where Eric Davis has been, you know, trying for years to keep himself quiet on that. I think he was the star of the show today. And, you know, I love the fact that he was pushing the, both Bray and, and Moultrie 
on their answers because he knew they were hiding the answers that they were supposed to give to the congressional panel. And he kept saying, again, I'm not the expert here. <laughs> again, I'm not the expert here, which I thought was perfect because he's kind of... Uh, may, I, just, may, may I just yeah. interrupt you here for a second? Because I wanted yeah. to bring this up as well. I loved the fact that Representative Gallagher also brought up the fact that he was a veteran. And all veterans know that they know somebody who has seen something a little off in the field. So I, I like the fact that he brought that up. Do you know what? I, I think even for podcasters, people like yourself, Dave, that talk to people in the military, that's where the real disclosure is coming from, is from the people that serve in the military. And unfortunately, they were not represented today. Uh, they should have been. There should have been a lot more people there from the Navy, from the Air Force that have experienced things. Um, these are the people that we sent out to chase these things in the sky when they pop up on a radar, for crying out loud. Uh, so, yeah, he he was right to uh, sort of rep- not so much reprimand them, but sort of give them a slap behind the hand on the fact that they didn't ever investigate those cases, which are well known at this point. It's practically almost fact. Uh, you know, especially the Maelstrom uh, nuke site. I mean, that was a that's a biggie. That's that's a huge case to overlook, right? The fact that they both look like deer in the headlights when he asked them that <laughs> that was pretty priceless. Come on, we needed that little stretch of comedy. That was uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, how about anybody else? Let's talk about Gallagher here for a second. I know we mentioned him just a, a brief second moments before, but was this the star of the show? In your opinions, Christina. Yeah, I, I do. As I said a little bit earlier, he was just dropping name bombs. Names that and, and words that I don't think anyone was expecting. So I think he was the star of the show. He 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 steered it right in the correct direction. We had Carson at the beginning doing a beautiful job. Then it kind of winded down with maybe some questions that weren't well worded. And then it came back up with Gallagher. And, and I think that was kind of the peak, the climax. And then it came a little bit down, but it, it stayed somewhat steady. And, you know, some some laws to protect witnesses or, or whistleblowers will be coming forward. And if that happens, eventually we'll open up the hangar doors, I think, for in your face testimony to be covered. And so all of all of those people should then be in the hearings, such as what we saw today. Nicole. I want to start by pointing out um, right when Gallagher opened and he was kind of laying out the, he was being so precise, I think, how he went from Project Blue Book to ATIP and then he started hammering, like, can you describe anything in between those two projects? And the language he got out of Moultrie, I think, was so interesting. And every answer that he reiterated that they have not seen any other documented. We have not seen any other official, contractual. It's like he kept saying things without saying, we haven't seen that under UAPTF again. It was that umbrella. Or how did he even say it? nobody's brought it to my attention like those those little lines and phrases i think were that typical dod pentagon two-step that we've seen forever and ever and ever i mean 
we are talking about the guys who want to keep this compartmentalized, who want to keep it in the military industrial complex to be able to exploit it. And yeah, Gallagher called him on that. I think he laid it out very nicely for our community, not just the public. I think that was intentional for us. So that was like, a, aha, we got gotcha. you. The first one. Katie Page. Um, Gallagher, what I, I, I found him to be, like you guys said, kind of the hero. He knew um, the questions to ask and some of the historical things. But what I found most fascinating was that's when it kind of transitioned and you started to hear the word control, 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 control coming back at him. And that's when my head kind of exploded. Wait a minute. What is this really all about? And to me, it's kind of obvious that they're trying to control a narrative. They're controlling what they want to be, um, what the public, the not our community, because we're pretty all versed and educated, but you know, people that don't know a lot about the phenomenon, I think they want to control that narrative still. So for me, I think this whole congressional hearing was about control. And I think it's really interesting that that word got put out there when they were kind of pushed by Gallagher. And, and and you, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Katie. Is uh, you said once again the narrative? We're trying to control yeah. the narrative. We're trying to control the secrets. This goes right back to when you know a year, almost a year ago now, when the DIA report came out, where the Pentagon be, and and pardon me, AOI MSG was announced, where the Pentagon and Susan Goff came out and said, "Hey, you you elected officials, you don't need to worry about this." We've got this covered. We'll take care of this. We'll do our own investigations. And you don't need to uh, get any more videos. You don't need to investigate this anymore. We got this covered. That's our job as the military. There was that same sense, Katie. There was. I mean, they were kind of belittling all the rest of us. That's when I was getting kind of mad. Like, oh, these crackpots, we can't believe just your everyday witness or whatever. Like, don't worry about it. We have control of this. We'll control where this all goes and and that that was like oh that's worrisome very much so two minutes to go science bob you close this half hour out so i think uh, we've we've covered it fairly well we covered that gallagher was uh the well-prepared knowledgeable uh congressman who didn't need a staffer to feed him questions in his ear he already had them at his fingertips he got the wilson document and other things into the official record and he brought up names that they should know and don't and then we saw the the, what is going to clearly be the representatives of the insider cabal that doesn't want stuff covered and that would be la hood and uh some others and so but but i do want to take take say that we saw bipartisan support for their efforts even though we here wanted to hear we know it's aliens we saw bipartisan support for them moving forward you heard bray once again affirm that he had in fact classified the crap out of everything so it's first classified you know, in other words, shoot everybody, and we'll sort out who was guilty later. They're going to classify everything, and then see what they can release after that. Because their constant mantra is protect methods and means and assets. So they don't want to reveal our capabilities. 
to an adversary that might exploit them against them or defeat our capabilities. So Bray, Bray was explicit, at least, in saying everything that we get as a report is going to be classified until we know it isn't. The problem with that is when something gets classified in the government, it takes forever to downgrade it. That's a problem. Nicole, final word, 35 seconds. Um, I'll just add on to Bob. They did promise transparency, though, and to declassify these things as quickly as possible. So we have to hold them to that. Well, when we come back from the break, I, I, I'm, we're going to try and convince Katie Page to stick around. She said, I got to go after one hour. I have to. I got to wash my hair. No, we're going to try and convince her. We're going to try. I'm seeing David Marlowe tomorrow. I'm driving down the road and getting 37 boxes of good stuff. So. I know. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. But, but when we come back, I think for all of us, we were either shocked or we knew that the names Chris Mellon and Luis Elizondo were not mentioned during the hearings. Let's talk about these two gentlemen when we come back. Special edition of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Christina Gomez, Nicole Sackage, Science Bob, Katie Page, Jason Gilman. Spaced Out Radio continues after this. Dave, you're a bum. Why? I'll take a quick five-minute nap so I can stay. Oh, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I know you got to get going. Hey, I've, I've seen I've seen pictures and video of Katie camping in the woods in Georgia with a team hunting after Bigfoot. She ain't worried about her friggin' hair. I'll be right back. I wouldn't want to fall asleep on David Marler though. Like no, 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 no. Adequately rested for that. It's not too far of a drive. It's only seven hours. That's not so bad. And I'm going to well, rent a trailer. Is, that is a huge opportunity. I'm very yeah. happy for you and proud of you. Yeah, you so see Marla, this. Marla's Marla is really important. See this whole cabinet behind me? All the, yeah. This is all donated to me by Marla. And then he, he texts me and he's like, you know, I just got this great new archives and I have 37 boxes of doubles and things that I have to view on it. I'm like, I'll be there next week. <laughs> so I can't oh, miss yeah. Opportunity. He's such a great friend. And that is a massively good great. connection and good on you. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And I'm going to do nine news from his pro. from his uh, his archives. So that'll be a cool setting to do the nine news oh, wow. his archives. So that's going to be fun. Yeah, but the he, price of gas though that's going to be a, a costly venture. <laughs> well, yeah. Plus, I uh, you know the two hundred bucks to rent the five by eight trailer and gas and you know, I'm staying at a hotel for one night. But hey, I get a nice dinner with Dave and his wife, and <laughs> it's all worth it yep. to me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, all that data, that data is like priceless. You know, yeah. who knows what treasures are in there? <laughs> so. And plus, you get a really cool story out of it. Like, I went and drove seven hours to go get this, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Dinner with them, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. So I'm a little worried. I hope the U-Haul guys will hook up the trailer for me and everything on my Jeep because I haven't really ever driven with anything behind it. So just take the take the turns really wide. I'm like, where do you park in the parking lot? I'm like worried about silly little things like that. <laughs> so, and a Walmart. Yeah, that's the easiest yeah. place, right? Just, yeah. <laughs> park at Walmart and walk over to the hotel. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> just park park like a douche just right across, you know, six lanes or something, right? Until the morning when you're uh, you're good to go again. Right. So, Jason, how, how is Canada taking this news? Are people paying attention there or not so much? 
Do you know what? I, I wish it was a lot more like we got this uh, Larry Maguire that's been pushing UAP um, information in on the government level. So I've been trying to get him on, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard. Like they're not talking about we're too worried about Justin Trudeau right now than worrying about UAPs, right? Because it's more uh, Canada has a huge, huge problem on their hands with uh the political correctness, if you will, the woke people have are in the uh, our government and unfortunately making bills and passing things that are are not good. Um, basic, not good, but just for the free speech is against free speech. So we're more worried about that right now than we are about UAPs. And uh, as this video gets be. taken down immediately, <laughs> Let's see, exactly right. <laughs> we're gone. I know. Know. Move in. Move in. Go. What happened? Where did everybody? Oh, he got us in trouble. He got us in trouble. Yeah, yeah, it is worrisome. I agree. Yeah, but it's it's you know, seeing the states take the helm on this is amazing. Uh, you know, to to see these hearings happen because we know China now has a a UFO program as well, sort of like the states do. Hope Canada would follow suit and have one as well, and other countries and. You know, Australia's talking about it a lot more. England, Ireland, like all these places are, are booming with enthusiasts, you know, that uh, are really pushing this and investigating and getting off the couch. So, yeah, it's, it's cool to see on a global level. It's it's there's momentum. Yeah, I worry about what the agenda is, though. Like still, that's always in the back of my mind all the time, yeah. even them since 2017 with ATIP and speaking to Lou Alessandro and all that. I'm like, what's really the agenda? And even yeah. MUFON, you know, um, you know, we have a history of being infiltrated. I'm not saying that we are now, um, whether, you know, but what is the purpose there? Is it disinformation or is it leaking out what they can safely, you know, because they have to protect our secrets and they have classified, classifications that they're not able to talk about these things so i'm like you know what what is the ultimate game what's the end game you know not sure but i think the more that we delve into this like if we start looking at the alien abduction stuff like that there's actual physical evidence in the sense of you know people are being hurt by this phenomenon even like they're talking about people in the military that have close contact with crafts they end up having radiation poisoning or side effects to these things right havana syndrome yeah havana syndrome and all that and that's a whole piece of this whole puzzle this whole congressional hearings leaving out you know well they're not going to approach that at first right this will just ease the public into first of all accepting that we might be visited second of all maybe that we're being plucked out every once in a while and checked over and put back right you can't take yeah yeah, that, that's David Pilates. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't come right out and say it, but I'm yeah. like, we just had him here in Colorado for our guest speaker. Yeah. I just had dinner with him the other night, and we had some great conversations about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, and the people that are going missing, you know. In yeah, he, 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 he wrote all Canada, a lot about he, Canada. He wrote yeah. all the first Bigfoot books I read. Oh, wow. David Pilates wrote a whole library of Bigfoot books. And, of course, we got Ron, what's his name? He wrote a fantastic book on the quantum bigfoot man that book is awesome ron edwards it books is that book's amazing ronald moorhead ronald moorhead 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 yeah yes moorhead yeah 
We got uh, 15 seconds here. Uh, we're going to continue with the panel here momentarily. Thank you to everybody tuning us in. Thank you to all the veterans who are in our chat room tonight. We really do appreciate your love of SOR. Here we go, everyone. Hour number two right now. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio. We appreciate you tuning us on in. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears tonight. Want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our art archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Calciferous. Calciferous is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with an incredible panel breaking down the U.S. congressional hearings on UFOs earlier today. Joining us tonight are author and researcher Nicole Sackage, Dr. Bob McGuire, known as Science Bob, around here. We have podcaster Jason Gilmet, Christina Gomez, researcher, podcaster, and from MUFON, Katie Page. Thank you so much for continuing on with the panel tonight. Out of everything that happened today, two names were not brought up. Luis Elizondo and Christopher Mellon. These two, since the inception of the To the Stars Academy back in October of 2017, have been at the forefront of the entire UFO picture. Nicole, I want to start with you on this one. Out of everything that was asked, I know Mellon likes to be in the backwards scene and doing things behind the scenes. Elizondo, I'm sure he didn't want his name uh, brought up. He's too proud of a man to to uh, you know want his name brought into this. You know, after all the work he's done in meeting with with Congress people, with senators and the like. Were you surprised, Nicole, that neither Chris Mellon or Luis Elizondo's name came up today? No, I wasn't surprised by it because the reasons you just noted, you know, they want to stay behind the scenes, but their language was there. It was so obvious the talking about the, the sensor uh, technology that we already have in place. You know, that was pretty much verbatim what uh, Mr. Mellon has been saying for months and months and months and months. And, I think the other thing that's duly that we need to duly note and maybe why their names weren't dropped is it's very clear that uh, Mr. Moultrie and Mr. Bray were trying to guide this, guide this narrative to, 
things they can control, you know, the, the, the sensor data they control, their affiliates within different departments of the government. And so I think in lieu of trying to keep going on vacation is the best, but planning a vacation that you can certainly do without. So book a trip with Apple Vacations to Breathless Resorts and Spas. Whether you're looking for an all-inclusive couples retreat to the Caribbean or a family vacation, you can count on us to find a trip you and your family will love. Apple Vacations has over 50 years of providing stress-free vacations so you can relax and make memories. Visit AppleVacations.com to plan your perfect vacation today. That's AppleVacations.com. Keeping your property looking its best means having the right equipment to get the job done. Whether your to-do list requires mowing the lawn or maintaining a camp or farm, our team at SunSouth will help you find the equipment to meet your needs. And owning a John Deere is more affordable than ever at SunSouth with 0% financing on most models, including the 1 Series, 3 Series, and even the 5 Series. So why wait another season to do more? Come see us at SunSouth. Equipment for those that do. Some restrictions apply. See data for details. All that expires May 31st, 2022. That kind of credibility with their data, they didn't want to bring in the big names, you know, that are stirring the pot and creating this public outcry, I guess. You know, it just adds drama to the situation that I think they're trying to keep as much drama out of as possible. So, so Dave, let me, let me jump in for a second. So uh, I want to back up Nicole saying, saying what she did. And remember... We heard today very important stuff that Christopher Mellon has been pushing in front of our noses for uh, for a long time, which is you cannot do this seriously if you're not fusing sensor data from every possible department all over government, whether it's NASA, whether it's the intelligence community, Department of Defense, FBI, it doesn't matter who it is. You've got to fuse the sensor data together so you can build a complete narrative. That's, that's the plus on it. The negative on it is, I assure you, it doesn't matter that Jerry Reed is gone. People inside the OUSDI, they are still PO'd that uh, uh, Elizondo wrote documents which got things released really kind of sketchily when those videos and that Christopher Mellon pulled an operation where now the stuff was released, he had a staffer come from inside to bring him the videos on the outside in the parking lot. That kind of stuff, it is not easily forgiven. And so uh, I'm sure that the Congress critters and the staffers went, you know, you everybody everybody knows that you're credited with this. We wouldn't be here if it weren't for you and the New York Times and Politico. They wouldn't, but none of it would happen. But you're still a part of the problem inside the Pentagon. So we're wanting to have you advise us, but we're not going to shove you out front because of the stuff that did, was done to get the videos out. Legal, but I mean, right along the edge. All right, let's go to Christina Gomez here. What's your thoughts? I'm privy to how much time Mr. Elizondo spends away from his family being in D.C. and and pushing so many buttons and influencing in the background for more members of the House and Senate to get their eyes on the evidence and, and asking those tough questions. So I think that they're doing their due diligence to move things forward, but they're doing it out of the public eye. And 
according to both Mr. Elizondo and Mr. Mellon, there is a lot more to come, but it's it's not going to come like a like a dam breaking, right? But rather in solid and true baby steps. And so there's there's a big and and complex paper pushing monster in all of this between all of the intel and alphabet agencies as well and like i said we are seeing major baby steps but i am very very hopeful for the future because of what they have been doing and and i can understand why a lot of people are still excited about what's going on jason let's bring you in here from UAP Studies Podcast. I apologize. I got the wrong name on your podcast. I Oh, no worries. I, I really do. <laughs> you, you know, you can body check me at the old Chilliwack Arena when, when uh, That's we're, fine. we're we'll done do here. We'll it, do it wouldn't be the first time I got hit there. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, I mean, you know, Elizondo and Mellon have played such a an integral role. Whether you're a fan of theirs or whether you're a critic, the one thing that we do know is that they have really been sewing up a lot of holes behind the scenes within Congress and the Senate regarding this topic, talking to anybody who would give them an opportunity to to do so. You know, does this take away, their names not being brought up today, does it take away from all the hard work that they've done? No, if anything, I think I admire them more. The fact that they do what they do day in and day out and that they don't expect to be you know, recognize or to be on TV in front of the Congress, you know, the fact that they're doing this because it's for the subject and for this topic. And it does merit, like it, it is the most serious topic that we have and that the United States is facing and that the whole world is facing. And yet Lou Elizondo and Christopher Mellon are the two that have really done, I think a lot within the last few years to put this forward to the political realm and i know like twitter is a mess uh, you know a few of us are on there and it's just uh, you know with what's been going on you know people attacking everybody the fact is that he's not bringing any of that to the table he's just talking to congress you know he's doing his thing um to me elizondo and uh melon are, are heroes like in my book they're heroes yeah uh, and Jason, I want to get, uh, because you're the fellow Canadian along with me on this panel tonight, uh, you know, we all know that a member of parliament, Larry McGuire, recently stepped out of the, of the you know, the old uh, parliament hill there to talk UAP. We are now learning that two other Canadian politicians have stepped out asking questions about the United States. And I want to say thank you to Daniel Otis, who helped put this article together for CTV News uh, here in Canada. And Daniel also took the time to to tweet out uh, myself and Spaced Out Radio for the fact that we were the ones who brought Luis Elizondo to the government tables uh, in a conversation that we had with sources in Ottawa. And the point that they are now paying attention in Canada regarding what Elizondo and Mellon and other people have said regarding this topic, does this open the door up north here for the Canadian government to now potentially start their own hearings regarding UAP? I, I sure hope so. I think uh, Katie Page and us uh, and uh, Bob and I were uh, talking about that not too long ago, I think, during the, the break, just about Canada and what we're up to. Uh, I, I would love Canada to step up and have a UAP 
task force, the same as the the states do. Uh, unfortunately, our budget militarily wise is is very low. Like you've been at the Abbotsford Air Show, right, Dave? You've I, seen I, the Canadian military whenever they're there, and every single time they have their little World War II relics that they still use. And I'm just like, oh my god, we are so screwed. Like if war breaks out, Canada is so screwed, and we just don't have the budget. You know, I, I just don't see how they're going to fit that in, especially with under Trudeau's government. Uh, not to get too political, I just don't see that being no. That's allowed brought here. Forward. That's allowed here. What, what? Anything, that's allowed here. Just, we're against. Just we're don't let to talk against. The, okay, the only good. thing I I, suggest, I ask is don't insult his socks because he does have a okay. nice sock collection. That's it. The rest okay. is is game on. Fair game. Fair yeah. game. Well, fair enough. But just under our uh, current regime, uh, we just don't have the. Uh, I think means to be able to investigate this seriously without having it politically uh, mixed in with what he's up to. No, ab- but ab- yes, to answer your question, I would, I would love to have a, a Canadian. Well, I, I, I think I know two Canadians on this panel tonight who would literally leave the UFO field to jump onto some Canadian UAP task force. That is for <laughs> sure. That is for sure. We'd bring some serious facial hair game to that uh, th- that <laughs> office, nonetheless. But let's get back to Elizondo and and uh, Mellon for a second, because leading up to this, Katie, there was a lot of pressure within the UFO world on UFO Twitter podcasts, UFO channels, just absolutely, you know, going over step by step everything and critiquing every little bit down to what underwear they were wearing that day regarding their role in in this, whether they have been good for the community, whether they have been disastrous for the community. I think we're we're all in in uh affirmation here that both Elizondo and, and Mellon this hearing doesn't happen without them. What what's your thinking on on this entire aspect of the way the UFO community has treated Chris Mellon and Luis Elizondo over the last number of months? Well, first of all, I think they weren't mentioned. The you know the fact that they weren't mentioned in the congressional hearings today had to have been intentional and orchestrated. Like I believe you know they've done so much work in the community and have had so much presence in pushing this narrative, <laughs> this work forward since 2017 it just would blow my mind that that wasn't intentional like they probably asked not to be mentioned uh, in the hearing today i'm not sure but i i you know obviously we wouldn't be here without them so they we owe them a lot this whole community does and i know there's controversy and whatnot i try and stay out of all that drama science bomb Oh yeah, there's no doubt how much we owe them. I mean, there would be there would be no subject. They they were the people that fed Helene Cooper, Ralph Blumenthal, Brian Bender, and uh, uh, Leslie Kane. Kane. Leslie Kane, the data in a, in a in a room in Crystal City, yeah, right by right near the uh, Pentagon. Uh, in 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 Alexandria and etc. in Virginia, and they met there. They showed them stuff. Lou showed them all of his military documentation, and Christopher Mellon 
uh, uh, membership in the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence as a staffer, and then later as a, a OUSDI a, 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 a Defense Secretary under a, a, under Republican presidents. Their their history was known, and Lou proved his history. And Bo, all of the reporters have said Lou providing the military document history was what convinced their editors that the story was real. And then when they had the videos, it was a big deal. So look, it was above the fold in the New York Times. Come on. That's the, this, that is a huge deal. We owe all of them that. We owe them the respect that got. Nicole. I just want to add on um, maybe a little nod to history here in the same vein. Um, if we didn't have Lou and Mr. Mellon working on this, we very easily, very, very easily with the shenanigans that the DOD is pulling with dragging their feet, being understaffed. You, you, we know all their shortcomings, but without Mellon and Elizondo, we definitely would have had another Condon situation here. I mean, at the very opening of the hearings, I think, what was it, the word? We heard it three or four times, and maybe I think six throughout the whole hearing. Rigorous scientific testing. Rigorous testing. Rigorous was something that Condon kept saying. It was in the Condon report. Oh, we got to rigorously test this. And honestly, I think Mellon accomplished what Hynek couldn't. You know, Hynek was so embedded with Blue Book and being in that situation and trying to defend it that they ran all over him, you know. And I think the behind the scenes work that has been done has prevented, you know, that same situation from repeating itself. So thank you. <laughs> Lou had stated that we were going to start seeing more names kind of pop out out of this. We didn't hear any new names really come out of these hearings, Christina. You know, outside of them, how do we move forward here, uh, moving from these these stories that we got from Mellon, these stories that we got from Elizondo, the fact that there are more people allegedly going to be coming out publicly on this in the near future. I mean, are we playing a long-term game here where we're just in the first quarter in a couple minutes in? Well, as Lou Elizondo always states is this is a marathon and not a sprint. But to answer your previous question, the one that you directed towards Katie and Nicole is I wrote a, a very long opinion piece on my website about how I feel how Mr. Elizondo has been treated. And, you know, for the longest time, the community at large was begging for someone to come out of government or military service service and, and open that Pandora's box. And we finally get someone who goes all out at great risk when he, he didn't need to. He could have just enjoyed retirement with his family maybe but instead he went all out to get the ball rolling and pushed as hard as he could in dc so mr mellon and lou elizondo they owe us nothing really when it comes down to it there's been a lot of trolls and entitlement yelling at 
both these men. And and while you're always going to get a certain element of who will try to accuse them of being disinformation agents or for the big cash, which is in a sense a joke. I mean, we've been in this field for a while. Who gets rich off of stuff <laughs> like this? So I, I personally feel that I owe them a big debt of gratitude more than anything else. Yeah, and I can understand that, and I and I can empathize with with your feelings on on writing the blog and feeling that somebody needed from the community to step up and defend him, even though he has never really asked for defense from anybody within the UFO community. You know, when we look at the UFO community at large, and anybody can jump in on this one. You know, we have heard all sorts of stories about where our place is, that government doesn't care about us, our researchers. We knew the TTSA didn't care about anything to do with ufology, which Elizondo eventually told me was one of their biggest mistakes that they made in their you know, eventual failure as a UFO company. Now, when we look moving forward here, where does this place ufology moving forward? Because I think with three minutes to go here, so we get one comment in and we'll carry this conversation after the break. Where do we go from here as ufology and people such as yourselves and others listening to this who are trying to put the pieces together? Jason, let's start with you. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's confusing. I think, um, I, I always speak highly of MUFON, and I think MUFON is definitely a place to start in ufology. I think that also Congress should have, uh, you know, they mentioned MUFON uh, really briefly, saying that they get some of their data from that, so that was like, yay. But as uh, ufology, I think we're still going to be podcasting and doing this sort of stuff for quite some time to come, because I don't think the truth will out is coming anytime soon. Anybody else want to jump in on that? I think with our shows and our podcasts and the articles we write and people that are making documentaries on the subject, we are filling in those gaps where the mainstream media falls short. And and I think that ufology has to evolve a bit uh, away from the group and, and think and, and the cancel culture that really dominates the social media scene. When someone is just brand new to the topic and they enter Twitter, for instance, UFO Twitter, it's just hate and disinformation and, and more hate and anger. And it, it can be very discouraging for those such as myself when I first entered and someone that represents college age and the, the Gen Z community. It, it's very alarming. It's very appalling at the same time. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be a part of a very toxic community. Why would I? So I feel that we that ufology it just needs to evolve a bit and we need to remember that a lot of these for instance documentaries or these hearings they are not geared towards us but we have this entitlement mentality that obviously everything is about us and what we think and what we do and how we research and uh, that's horrible and that's toxic so i think that we need to have very open arms for those that want to enter the community and to give them a, a good foundation and again that's where our shows come in to fill in those gaps and to go into detail where the mainstream media doesn't nicole i know you wanted to jump in oh hold on there we go. There we go. 
was going to say it's now our job. You know, they've laid out their kind of move forward. You know, they're going to build on this and form relationships with groups or, you know, at least have outsiders come in where they're lacking expertise. But it's up to us. We have to hold them accountable to building these relationships with NASA and NOAA and the FFA and these private civilian groups, you know, that they've sort of eluded is in their phase, their next phase of, you know, what they got to take care of. Once they get staffed up, I'm expecting them to start reaching out. <laughs> well, we're going to see where it goes. We're going to continue that part of the conversation as we are going to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. We are joined by Nicole Sackage, Katie Page, Christina Gomez, Jason Gilmet, and Dr. Bob McGuire, known as Science Bob around these parts. The UFO Talks. How are you feeling about it? Let us know on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. We're going to read some reaction from all of you that we got on Twitter earlier today. A huge night in Spaced Out Radio land and for ufology in general. Did we win? Did we lose? Did I run out of time? Yes. Yes, I did. By about three seconds. All right. You left it on the cliffhanger. I love it. Son of a- <laughs> it was awesome. So yeah, yeah. So I want to support every everything that people are talking. I'm I'm now appearing as a science person, subject matter expert, whatever, in multiple documentaries. I'm going to be proposing a specific project to SCU in June, and I'm going to get on Avi Loeb's advisory committee. I mean, we, each of us in our own way has got to make a positive contribution. We, so look, I, I can't sit back here and throw spitballs. I've got to get out there and do something. And that's on all of us. We all have to. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. I was going to say, you know, they want to be in control in the driver's seat, but we got to stay right there in the passenger seat, right next to them, continuing to do everything we all do and sit right next to them, not let them like kick us out of the car. That's all what I wanted to say. But I wanted to thank you, Dave and Nicole, for having me on. I'm actually going to go at the bottom of this half hour. We, we love you. <laughs> um, we love you. I need to go pack. I need to go pack and go to bed. So thank Bye. you, guys. All right. You drive safe Mark D'Antonio called us out in his uh, his broadcast when you after you sent him the picture. It was great. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> right. Good night, guys. Take care. Good night. Uh, we're waiting for Melinda Leslie to uh, hook on up with us and get in here. Um, so hopefully she'll do that if she can figure out how to turn her phone on. Um, God, I love her. I do. Uh, shout fears for, hey, that's Al Menial. How you doing, man? How you doing? And, man, we got a busy, busy night here. Busy, busy night. Ah, nothing beats grilling on a Sunday afternoon. Oh man, will you look at that? John finally did it. He got a skag, Tiger Cat 2, zero-turn mower. There's no mistake in that cat's eye gold color. 
durable, tough as nails, tubular steel frame, comfy, thick cushioned suspension seat, powerful engine. <coughs> well, I hope the kids like their burgers well done. The moment you know you want a Skag. Visit Skag.com to find out why Skag mowers are simply the best. Welcome to Seaspire Country, home of unlimited with cash back. Use less than two gigs of data a month, and we'll take $10 off your next bill. And that's on every line. So four lines could save you 40 bucks every single month. Unlimited data when you need it, cash back when you don't. Seems right, seems fair, and only Seaspire offers it. So stop paying for data you don't use and switch to life in Seaspire country. It's just like the rest of the country, only a few steps ahead. See Seaspire.com for details. Right there. It's great. Been a great night of radio so far. Great night Woo-hoo. of radio. Yoo-hoo. Great night of radio. That's how we do it. That That's is how we do it. You know? And we are only 14, 15 days away from interviewing Member of Parliament Larry McGuire on SLR. Oh, are you you got him? I got him. Dude. They owed me. Congrats. They owed congrats. me. Congrats. They owed me one. And that's all I'm going to Congratulations. That's all that's I'm going to say. We're going to give him his first radio interview. I got him for an hour. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. First, especially for a politician, that is some good time. There's Melinda yeah. Leslie. Seatbelt is on. <laughs> And I'm driving a friend to our hotel. My tour ran late because we were having so many sightings tonight. Oh, my goodness. Nice. Here, my, my client's going to hold hold my phone for me a little bit. Sure. <laughs> no, I'm not going to be on camera just for a little bit, but that's okay. Or you or, or she'll get me from the side head. But I got to take my client to her hotel. Oh, my God. We had oh. so many sightings tonight. How many sightings <laughs> did you have? Ah, ah, oh I don't know. We didn't, we didn't count. Um, probably 50 or yeah. more. <laughs> 50. Wow. Go and for it, Melinda. With me. Tell them you're just your first name, dear. Hmm? You tell them oh. your first name. Oh, sorry. Uh, Anne. And my client, Anne, is in my car. I, I had, I had a group of like five people tonight. Um, but one of them I'm taking to her hotel and that's Anne. And, uh, but she just was telling you, we had so many. We had like 50 sightings. But we had a bunch of really big amber lights tonight. I mean, big amber lights, like, you know, really close sightings. Um, and a bunch of things that went super fast. Very so cool. Super, super duper fast. You know, I, I was telling Anne a little while ago, I almost wondered if because of what happened today and it being all over the news now and, you know, it's a big worldwide story that I'm wondering if that consciousness increase because we had so many sightings tonight I I can't help but wonder it, it was more than usual so I'm thinking was it because of the awareness and the consciousness of people um could be you know certainly people in Sedona and in Arizona but Melinda, it was just like 
Melinda, I gotta yes. put I gotta put you on hold here for two seconds because I gotta bring the show back in twenty seconds. I want to say a big thank you to Dragon Al, Bob Worsley, Obi Flett, D. Cohen, Thomas, Alicia, G. West, Jessica, Jason, Ed, Jessica again, Terry, Patrick, New England, Grant, Rob, and Willie for the super chats. We appreciate the love, and we are going to restart Spaced Out Radio, the second half of the show coming up right now. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. We want to say hello and remind everyone that you can find our archives for free at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do us the favor, hit that subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button on Spreaker as well. And you can also check out our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on with a great panel discussion going on tonight. And we are going to do it for the full three hours here. But we got some faces leaving. Some new faces coming in. And we have Christina Gomez right till the top of the hour on Strange Paradigms. Also joined from UAP Studies Podcast. Good old Canadian kid, Jason Gilmet, Even though it's supposed to be Gilmet. But, you know, we got to make sure it's... The Close other. enough. Close enough. <laughs> Dr. Bob McGuire, Science Bob around here. Nicole Sackich, author, researcher, and researcher and experiencer. Melinda Leslie is with us as well as we continue on with the discussion. No names moving forward. No names hanging out. Melinda Leslie, let's start with you on this one since you're new to the panel here. You know, what was your thoughts on what happened at the U.S. Congress today? You're looking at it as a very positive step forward. Yes, for the most part. I mean, granted, uh, it was frustrating, like Chris Mellon said in his uh, tweet he put out immediately afterwards of uh, saying, oh, well, that was frustrating, but it tells you both how how far we've come and how much further we have to go or something like that. And I, I agree with him co- completely on that. Um, yeah, I, I think all in all, it, it was a, a huge step forward. I mean, it was the first time in, you know, over half a century and over 50 years that we had, sorry, I have to turn around the tight parking lot here at this hotel. And I'm going to try to pull into a parking space so I can do okay. this without... What? interruptions but but i'll just say this um as i'm driving here um it, it was a um uh you know the first time in over 50 years so i so that was hugely encouraging to say hey we are having you know uh a uh here, I'm gonna pull up over here don't forget to okay. signal don't don't forget yeah, to yeah. no i'm in a bad place but all right be fine for, for a little all while right. um there would have been a better place behind me but not not the direction i'm facing on this kind of one-way street right here but um the uh the uh, and i can turn on my light just briefly and well, i can move again well i'll let you get, melinda i'll let you i'll so let you go. i'm good okay so there we go um so it's just uh um 
Yeah, I thought, you know, again, first time in 50 years. So that itself is a big deal. And then I thought there were some really, you know, positive takeaways from that. Um, I, I, I agree with something that Steve Bassett put out today about Congressman Schiff being there, I think, was significant. Um, he didn't need to be there. He, uh, I don't think he's normally on that committee. And yet his participation in that, I think, does lay the groundwork for further hearings. Otherwise, why would he have been there? So um, I think that's significant. Um, yeah, I, I just felt over overall there were some good takeaways um, uh, and some information we found out. And then, and then I think it was also really good for a unique reason. I think it was blinders off for the UFO research community to realize that... Um, uh, that yes, there were some times we were being lied to. There were a couple of things that were said by the two guys, you know, being interviewed, um, that really suggested, um, some areas where they were not being truthful. Um, I think there were some areas where they weren't being truthful, but the times when they were not being truthful, I think, again, was like blinders off for the UFO community to go, hey, you know, we are still being lied to. I, I think um, to realize that it appeared to me that Congress or the congressmen that were there really wanted to know um, the answers to some things. They seemed very uh, involved, very much wanting to know the truth. Um, I felt like where where the problem was with with the two Pentagon officials, who were obviously being very cautious about what they said, and uh, kind of toting the old line, and uh, and I think that was a very good educational thing for the UFO community to realize what we're up against. And and that, you know, it, it, it's kind of like hiring the foxes to gain, to, what am I trying, to guard the hen house, is what I'm trying to say. Um, when those two guys are the ones running the program, yet they come out of the intelligence community. Very so true. I think what we have here is, is, Yes, they've been assigned something to do. Obviously, those congressmen need to be harder hitting in their questions to say, look, we are needing answers. You don't have a choice. You have to give us the answers we're looking for or we won't fund you, you know, and fund these projects or, you know, so I, I, they need to be more hard hitting. But all, all I right. think that it was very educational to have a clear idea on 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 just what we're up against and uh to the the, the couple areas like not knowing anything about malstrom come on that's just got to be a lie flat out mm -hmm. you know that i wouldn't believe that in a million years and 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 yet now also i think to have some of those things go on the record because now they'll have to know for the next hearing they'll have to be able to answer that and um you know, I think we're all tipping our hat to 
that particular congressman that asked about that uh, and uh, getting that on the record. So anyways, I'm kind of, I'm kind of a little distracted from the driving and stuff, but I, I think it was very educational for the community and um, and yet hopeful and promising because it showed that these congressmen do, you know, give a you know what. <laughs> All right. Before we go any further, I want I want to just go to our Twitter account at Spaced Out Radio. I asked a question. What's your thoughts on today's hashtag UFO hearing in Washington? Happy, disappointed, and I'm going to read some results of the Christina. I want to get to you because I know we only have you till the top of the hour. Graham said, we'll watch it, but I expect a nothing burger disclosure once again. Uh, Pixley said, the fact that the Wilson docs were referenced and placed in the formal congressional record was the highlight, in my opinion. There was some serious disassembling going on. UFO Jane, who we all know and love, said, well, they couldn't work the laptop, of course. You know, Linda Thompson, blah, 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 blah. That's what she heard. Uh, David Smithhurst. I thought basic questions about things observed or AOIMSG. Progress and staffing were not asked. The Air Force was not mentioned. The pictures were laughable. And the answers were, I haven't been briefed. I mean, th- this is going on and on that this was a day of a lot of frustration, Christina, for a lot of UFO fans out there. What do you say to the to the fans or the researchers or the experiencers not even mentioned regarding today's hearings? Like I said, I wasn't expecting huge disclosure of any level. And honestly, I was pleased on the whole. And, and this pushes the discussion forward baby steps and yes of course some frustrations but this i mean we need more public getting involved and i feel and i'm I'm not sure on the stats on this but i can possibly assume that this congressional hearing had more eyes than any other let's say in the last year two years on on any other subject so this really brought the seriousness home to the public at large nicole Let's get, let me read a couple more reactions here because I know people would love to hear it. Uh, Lucy Bell, I also think that the talk about legal consequences for hoaxers was absolutely disgusting. While I abhor hoaxers, the need to destigmatize this issue and encourage reporting is not served by discussions of legal consequences. This one brought up something, I know we brought it up minusculely earlier in hour one. I think Science Bob, you brought it up to the point. But literally, we are talking here, Nicole, about potentially going after people legally who are reporting on UAP that may have insider sources or other information. Um, did you take it that way? Cause I, did. I, I didn't, I took it more of the extreme ufotainment side. Maybe that now is the time to stop profiting from this mystery. Like in that sense where, yeah, yeah, just completely unverifiable stories in our community. You know, I mean, I, I looked at it as that, not necessarily that there should be consequences, but um, I don't know, this kind of, I think 
this makes me harken back to like the day of the doodlebug salesman, you know, like they were going around pilfering communities with their bogus little trinkets. And that's the vein I kind of look at this in, which is kind of what um, it's an Easter egg or at least some wording that Mr. Elizondo has used before. Like, you know, that's the viper pit of our community. It's not really all the in, you know, the infighting because that creates good conversation and debate, but it's, it's the ridiculous factor and the, the fleecing of good people in our community. Science so. Bob, I want to get your opinion on that. What does that mean? Um, well, Look, I mean, we, we, we see a lot of positives. We see a lot of negatives. We see a lot of people trying to be nuanced. We see a lot of people going through prepared machinations uh, in order to control the narrative. They're still applying a control surface, trying to control the narrative. And just my, my, my kind of control theory analysis of this is we are being played, but we knew that going in. We knew it going in, but we, we but, but but it's transparent to people like us, the people that we want to help, the people we want to help are those people that are not like us, that aren't completely aware of the controls that are being applied, and we got to do it in a way that is consumable by by others if we want to expand the group of listeners and a group of followers and get them to call our Congress critters, et cetera, or, or Canadian Parliament members or whatever and get them going. So, I, I you know, I, I see steps forward, and we just need to keep uh, help pushing. Well, one of my concerns on this when I kind of looked into this earlier was let's say – Let's say Jason here all of a sudden gets an insider who wants to talk about UFOs, wants his name blacked out, changes voice, okay, and he's a true insider who is whistleblowing on some UAP topic. Does that now put Jason, even though he's in Canada, but let's say he was in the U.S., on the hot seat for some sort of trouble about this topic? I mean that's okay. So it depends, it depends on the context. So in the United States, under the First Amendment, if you are in in a very liberal terms a member of the press, it is already a completely established precedent, principally due to Danny Sheehan from the Pentagon Papers days. That if you receive stuff that was illegal to transport out and you put it out in the public in the papers. You are not in trouble. So Jason will never be in trouble if he is in the United States and he is acting as a reporter under the First Amendment. He is completely protected under Supreme Court precedent that Danny Sheehan established. Yeah, I was also uh, wondering about that um, as well. When they announced that, I was like, well, what does that mean? Does it mean that if somebody reports something, and let's say, you know, the UAP task force is already investigating it. They could sweep it under the rug and say it falls under this act, whatever it is that they would create to keep people quiet. It's it's not an encouragement to come out and tell them that you've seen something or to, you know, even mention it to move on. If there's legal repercussions that you could be, you know, uh, persecuted for coming out and saying that you've seen something. So, yeah, I thought that was quite uh weird that the uh, congressman would uh, say that melinda 
you guys, did you hear this differently than me? Because I thought what I heard them talking about was just going after people hoaxing and that there was going to be... Per now, I, I still have a problem with that. But I, whatever you guys are saying about whistleblowers and stuff, I didn't, I didn't hear. Okay, what I heard and what that congressman brought up was that they wanted to go after people who were hoaxing fake UFO stuff and um, and whether something was hoaxed or caused by you know people setting up balloons deliberately or something like that. And it, it, anyways, just just a reference to hoaxing. Now I also have a problem with that because I don't want the DOD deciding what's a hoax and what isn't, because that would be a very, con unfortunately, convenient way for them to, uh, you know, exclude a bunch of stuff. And by the way, can you guys hear me okay you're, with me doing this on the yeah, phone? You're fine. Okay. You're fine. Okay. okay. And, and, and my, gonna, my studio lighting is... <laughs> I was going to jump in real quick and just say, like, my other thought was with this, it's kind of like the the laws against you can't pull the, the fire alarms, you know, unless there's an actual yeah. fire. You know, that's sort of the other feeling I had from it. Yeah. Well, for that reason, Nicole, I, I would agree with you and I was okay with it, except when I thought about it later, I really went... I don't want the DOD deciding what's a hoax and what isn't, or the or the DIA or the Pentagon or the military. I don't want any, or even Congress, deciding what is and what isn't a hoax. Because, you know, a, a lot of really good stuff could be thrown out based upon them saying, oh, yeah, that's a hoax, when actually it was, a, you know, a, a legitimate sighting. And so... I think it, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a really troublesome area that I had a problem with. Representative Burchette went on camera after the meeting and he pressed the exact point that there should be some kind of laws passed soon to to protect witnesses and with and and those with with evidence or to tell stories from those who have served or are serving if that would happen it changes the whole ball game well no that i support that I support that there would be, I, me personally anyways, I, I think laws to protect the witnesses is absolutely necessary, um, you know, that they that they have protection. So that's the opposite of going after people for hoaxing. That's encouraging. Gorgeous gaming, stunning streams, unbelievable bandwidth. It's another Lifestyles of Gagillionaires. Meet the AT&T Fiber customers winning at life with hyper gig speeds. Meet Gagillionaire Terry. While his love of streaming horror movies has him constantly on the edge of his seat, his internet bill won't give him a scare. Oh, don't go in there. I'm telling you. Because since Terry upgraded to AT&T Fiber with hyper gig speeds, he doesn't worry about data caps or equipment fees. Come on, man. The door's open for a reason. And best yet, he also doesn't stress about a price increase at 12 months. Because with the amazing Gagillionaire lifestyle comes an exquisite sense of tranquility. <laughs> Most of the time, live like a gagillionaire. Get straightforward pricing with AT&T Fiber, internet that upgrades everything. No data caps, no equipment fees, and no price increase at 12 months. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Your business depends on protecting your sensitive data, but your data is everywhere. Introducing Sky High Security. 
We extend security beyond data access to data use, protecting your data anywhere you do business. Sky High Security. People that come forward with their experiences. And certainly, though, I think, Christina, you were probably referencing people in the military and intelligence community having experiences. And yeah, I think there should be laws and protections to support them to come forward. I agree with you 100% on that. Well, let's get into Congressman uh, Tim Burchett, and thank you for bringing that up, Christina. And I'm going to focus on you here because we only have you till the top of the hour. Uh, Christina, I mean, how awesome was it to see how fired up that Congressman Tim Burchett was after watching the hearings from the outside? He's been a very vocal voice in support of full disclosure, Roswell on up. And he was pissed off about what he heard today. You could, I mean, I'm sure if he could have, you know, punched his way through the walls into the Congress for that meeting, he would have done it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he he has been very vocal for a good length of time now on News with Nations a, about a week ago. And he he practically said to the host that we need transparency and in that interview that he did just recently that most of us have seen his body language said it all he was disappointed he was frustrated he's like i learned nothing he stated i learned absolutely nothing from this hearing so i wish i wish i could share with you what i know from from uh, closed door meetings, as he mentioned in News Nation about a week ago. And so that's rather unfortunate that he can't share the information that he knows with the public. But maybe given time, we will know maybe as much or almost as much as what congressmen know. So from the beginning, as I said, we are taking baby steps but these are the biggest baby steps we've taken in about 50 years. So these are pretty exciting times. We're literally watching history. This is going to be in textbooks at some point in time. And we can tell our grandkids or our kids stating, I remember back in my day when I was a part of this. (laughs) And so while we might not realize that extent at the moment, in 10, 20 years time, we're going to say we were a part of this movement and that because of us talking about this, having podcasts and filling in the gaps where the mainstream media falls short, if we weren't here, I don't think that this conversation would be as strong as it is right now today. All right, two and a half minutes before we got to go. Who wants to jump in on that? Nicole, I see you nodding. Oh, I was just nodding in agreement to everything Christina just said. Spot on, and I'm clapping for her now too. Thank you. No, I I think it's the right comment. I mean, I mean the the fact that Tim Burchett. We'll continue with the Tim Burchett uh, talks when we come back from the break. But the fact that Tim Burchett took this so personally, I thought it was a breath of fresh air. We, you know, in today's politics, it doesn't matter if you're up here in in Canada or if you're in the United States. Everything is so damn cookie cutter. You know, every politician fits into the same cookie cutter with the same cliches. And look, as a former sports reporter, I know what it's like to be surrounded by, we just got to take it one day at a time. And... <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry about that. Uh, Melinda seems to have had a phone issue. But, but you know, being a sports reporter, I was so used to, uh, you know, we got to take it one day at a time. You know, we got to press further into the offensive zone, and hopefully we'll get that two points the next time the sun shines on top of us. You know, I mean, I was so used to that. And seeing Burchett go absolutely haywire and losing his mind in a good way. I'm not trying to make it look like he went nuts or anything, but absolutely showing emotion for the subject, for the public, and even for the experiencers who have had things happen to them. I think that it is absolutely refreshing. I'm hoping he comes on this show. I hope he goes on on the podcast tour and the, and the YouTube tour in order to get that message out that shows that there are politicians who really do care about this subject. And we got 35 seconds. Jason, fill me in here on, on what you think. Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, politicians are just like us. They have family members. Even if they themselves have not had experiences with UAPs or sightings, some of their family members or friends or people they went to school with has had these sightings, has had these experiences. Let's face it, most of us, you know, six degrees of separation, usually we're six, you know, way less than that for UAPs. Uh, you probably find that from the second person that you ask will tell you that they've had something like that happen. And hearing politicians, you know, with full-heartedly believe in this and want to push this out to the public and saying the public is ready to handle this, that is a fresh, you know, breath. That's a fresh breath. That is a what you said earlier. Absolutely, fresh air. Hey, we'll there get you it. Go. We'll get it. That, it's one of those Canadian tongue twisters. Right there. We're going to say goodnight to Christina Gomez from StrangeParadigms.com, Science Bob, Melinda Leslie, Jason Gimmett, and Nicole Sackage will return for hour number three of Spaced Out Radio next. Thank you all so much for having me on. I think this was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Awesome. It was great, Christina. And, and I, I have to go to Ohio tomorrow, and All I right. am having trouble staying awake right. after last night. So I'm going to depart and go get in the bed so I can drive my right. truck and camper without crashing. All right. Christina, we're we'll have safe travels. Christi- Thank you, Christina. Thank you for being here. It was great. Christina, yeah. we're glad we finally got to be on together. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Uh, Christina, pleasure we're going to get the booking crew. I'm going to get the booking team to rebook you for, because I do want to get you on a show where it's just, where it's just you and me. So I, I am going to get the booking team to get re in touch with you or myself. will get in touch with you and get you some more dates for in June. So we can uh, come together and do this. Okay. I'll make sure to make extra coffee that day, like extra, extra coffee. <laughs> well, it, it'll only be two hours, but that's okay. Uh, thank you, Science Bob, Christina Gomez. You guys were wonderful. Uh, we'll say goodnight to you guys and uh, appreciate your love and support of SOR, guys. Thank you so much. All right, let's say goodnight to them. And uh, it's just us three, us three kids. Uh, I'll be right back. I'm going to take a quick bathroom break here. And, um, yeah. How long we got? Uh, we've got about, uh, four minutes. Okay. Where's, where's Nicole? She's there. I'm here. Oh, you're still here. I saw your image go away. Sorry, everybody, about my, uh, 
my in-car studio. <laughs> hey, that's what we call multitasking, Melinda. That's right. Actually, I'm going to see if I can drive somewhere a little bit better, actually, since, yep. since I'm on a break. All right. Four minutes. Okay. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm talking. I'm just uh, going to set the phone down. Uh, anyways, just setting it down while I'm driving. Uh, uh, <laughs> actually, right, muted. I gotcha. And now it's just my voice for lucky YouTubers. I miss all you guys in the chat tonight. I'm too focused. I can't drop in there and cause a ruckus. Filthy, Julie, you guys better be be misbehaving. (laughs) Hi, Kiera. I see most of the Soul family. Ah, it's my favorite Davy Altman. You're the only one that I'll let misspell Nikki, just so you know. <laughs> Giggles. So let's hear it. Team Rock or Team Stump? Who's in the house tonight? I'm Team Stump all the way. Hi, John. Oh, the Stumps are taking the lead right out of the gate. Stump, Stump, Stump. Team Edward, okay, well, I guess you can go for the vamps instead of the wolves. I'm okay with that. (laughs) Ooh, Team Lou, all right. You guys have to tell me, was the Twitterverse on fire today? I didn't dip in. I couldn't, I couldn't, I just, yeah, I couldn't. Was everybody excited? And it is Taco Tuesday, so (laughs) things can get better. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Nicole and Mike, uh, yeah, it was uh, real interesting in Twitter today. All sorts of interesting comments, um, some of which I agreed with, some of I didn't, you know, of course. I couldn't couldn't get there. I just couldn't open up Twitter today. (laughs) Well, I was was really curious to see how people reacting and what they were saying, you know, and uh, yeah, it was really interesting. Very interesting. But uh, I am back. 
Guess who's back? Dave is back. I want to say a big thank you to Kira, John, Steve, John, Big Willie, Rob, Grant, New England, Patrick, Terry, Jessica times two, Ed, Jason, G. West, Alicia, Thomas, uh, D. Cohen, Obi Flett, Worsley, Bob, and Dragonelle for the amazing Super Chats tonight. It's a great way to support this show on a nightly basis. Thank you so much for your love of this show and what we do on a nightly basis. Thank you to little Davey Altman who's listening in. Little Davey Altman, everybody. You know, we love him around here. And, of course, uh, thank you to all the veterans who are tuning on in. You always have a safe home here in our Spaced Out Radio chat room. And all our regulars, great to have you all here. Thank you so much. Here we go with the final hour. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Nice to have you all with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears on this all-special night here on the Mighty SOR. We want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on TalkStream Live, Odyssey Radio, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club, Calciferous. Calciferous is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We had to say goodnight to Science Bob and to Christina Gomez, but we continue on with our panel tonight looking into the U.S. Congressional hearings on UFOs. Joining us tonight, Melinda Leslie, researcher and experiencer from the UAP Studies podcast, Jason Gilmet, and Nicole Sackage, researcher, author, and team member of SOR. We continue on tonight, and one of the things that was left out, we all knew it was going to be left out, Melinda, was about the experiencers. You know, you're an experiencer, I'm an experiencer, Nicole's an experiencer, Jason just has a good beard and mustache combination, okay? (laughs) Was this, for experiencers, a step in the right direction? Well, I think it was a step in the right right direction for for the whole subject, uh, but for experiencers specifically, um, I, I, it was a non-issue. I mean, it, it wasn't about that. I, I didn't expect it to be about that. I certainly would never have thought of anything like that ever coming up. Um, it's, it's too early in the game, you know. Um, I, I'm actually grateful it didn't come up. If it came up in any way, I'm sure it'd be mishandled. You know, so but, I I think it's better that nothing. But Melinda, wrong. it also did not come up with the experiencers of the fighter pilots who were intercepting these the the crews of the naval ships 
who were intercepting on the radar, like the USS Princeton, during the the Nimitz incident of 2004. There was nothing to do with any type of experiencer. Well, if you're talking about, you know, the people having sightings, you're right. Um, but it, they weren't getting into the individual sightings. Um, I, I, you know, I, let's just say I, I think more happened today than I originally expected would happen. I, I thought it would be a, a bigger nothing burger. I, I jokingly told someone today I thought it was a keto burger. <laughs> no, not a nothing burger, just missing the... Uh, Missing all the, 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 the fat in the bun and the, uh, you know, <laughs> oh, they wrap and all, those good, all those good, delicious carbs, you know. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, um, I, I think I, I got more out of it than I thought I was going to. Um, they weren't getting into individual uh, accounts. And like you said, the, the fighter pilots um, and their experiences. You know, I had the great pleasure of going out to dinner one night here with Alex Dietrich, uh, who was, you know, Fravor's wingman. Um, and she came to town here in Sedona with a friend and we went out to dinner. That was that was lovely. And um, and uh, so, uh, you know, I got to hear her account firsthand. I think that will come up when people can testify. Um I wouldn't want Congress and the DOD speaking on behalf of these people. I'd want these people to speak for themselves. Um, certainly Alex and Captain Fravor and, and all the others, Kevin and everybody are certainly more than capable of speaking for themselves, you know. And so um, I'm actually relieved, I think, that that part didn't come up. I mean, yes, individual accounts. You know, one thing, I, I wasn't sure, not to change the subject really here on you, Dave, but this makes me think of uh, one thing that did happen today that was a major takeaway is, you know, last June when we got the nine-page report, it talked about, what what was it, 143, is it, uh, accounts? 144. 144, but one was found out to be something else, so 143 remained to be unidentified, if I have that correct? Correct. Okay. Well, one thing that was said today, and I think it was Bray that said this, um, that they now have another 400 of these accounts from last June till now. Right? Yes, and he gave the reason for that being um, the stigma is being relieved from reporting this and because the reporting structure has been exactly. enacted. So Exactly. That was my point to bring it up. You just said it right there, Nicole, that, that with the stigma, you know, that they now have all these people coming forward. Um, I, I I don't think it was Bray. I think it was the other gentleman who said someone even called him directly, you know, <laughs> to report to him. And but regardless, it was like, okay, four hundred more reports is a significant number more, and those are just the ones they're getting. Um, I thought that was a huge takeaway to say, hey, and so this is in kind of answer to your question there, Dave. It's like. Those experiences, those accounts, you know, are being heard. 
and uh, and 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 more people are coming forward. I think I think that's one thing that we're going to ex- see and expect more of uh, now because the the stigma to to sharing experiences uh, has changed. Um, so I think we're going to get more of that. More uh, certainly more of the military witnesses coming forward. And, and that is a really nice big takeaway from this whole process and from what happened today. Jason, let's get your thoughts. You know, I haven't spoken to, you know, some of the same people that you know, uh, Dave, like that served on the Nimitz and I've seen these uh, things such as Kevin Day and, and Sean Cahill. <clears throat> There's an emotional reaction as well to their sighting it's not just the sighting itself but it's what it did to their career like kevin day's career was pretty much shot after that people kept calling him a ufo boy because for two weeks he kept seeing this on his radar so there's a there's a physical uh, or mental effect to these incidences uh even we were mentioning about the experiencers uh yes get the military experiencers on and to talk to congress you know openly about what it is that they've seen imagine if you had the and I forget, i'm so bad with names here you guys all know who i'm talking about but the guy from Nelstrom, the um salas robert salas robert salas thank you mm-hmm. uh you know to have him and talk about his testimony in front of the you know and and, and tell them look this is what we're facing back in the 60s and we're still experiencing this in 2022 it, it's crazy so yeah, I think they, they should bring the experiencers up. I think that's an important thing. And again, we were talking earlier about the abductees. I'm huge into that portion of, of the phenomenon. But I think it's too early to bring that into play, especially when you're trying to introduce a subject to maybe a population that's not as used to this as being. Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. Hurry into Mattress Firm's best Memorial Day sale ever. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save up to $500 on adjustable mattress sets in stock for immediate delivery. And get a $300 instant gift. Talk to a sleep expert today, only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details real as it is um you got to sort of ease your way into you know their their trust and then start revealing that you know maybe there's more to this phenomenon than just seeing something pass by a jet you know that these things occasionally do stop and they pick somebody up you know nicole um were we on a specific topic or are we just kind of spitballing here about not bringing up experiencers? Cause I, I think the only thing I have left to add is just that it really was brought up by every person that spoke about how important it was to remove the stigma yeah. when reporting every single person mm-hmm. said that in some way, shape or form. So, 
And honestly, I think throughout the entire discussion tonight, I don't think we really gave Mr. Carson enough credit for being so unwavering and demanding in what he laid out. You know, he wanted to know very specific things on how this was going to move forward. And yeah, yeah, he just, a round of applause for him with that too, which this goes back months and months ago. The first time he was showing his face publicly and talking about this, he said he was coming in to mean business. And I think we saw that out of the questions today. I do think there was some serious intent to this. Um, and yeah, I think I think in a roundabout way, when they brought up the, the blue on blue to make sure we're not uh, reporting on ourselves or on our own tech, um, the way they kind of danced around it, you could tell they were pushing to make sure we didn't have this topic used as a cover story anymore. You know, if if we do have operations at play to conceal our, you know, known tech or what we're developing, and if it is somehow seen or leaked by the public and it is known to be ours, I got the impression they're not going to turn around and use the old, oh, it must be a UFO as the cover story. You know, they're that's off the table now. And in a way that we're, that protects experiencers as well. You know, if this arm of our government that is investigating this, we have, we have heard that they dive into the civilian world of ours. You know, they're not saying it publicly yet, but we all know the stories about the suits showing up, whether it's in our country or another country. So maybe with this new um, relief of this stigma and the seriousness of wanting the reports to come in and us not getting laughed at every time this subject is brought up or snickered every time UFO is said on the news, like hopefully that adds to protection, you know, in the days to come. And I've noticed the change in the the media as well. They're not making it as cartoony anymore. Like when they're reporting it, it has a little bit more of a darker tone to Mm -hmm. it and a little bit more seriousness to it. So even the media is starting to come on board. You you know what? I was actually listening to Katie Page, who is on a radio program. She messaged me today. She's like, hey, dude, I'm just about to go on this radio show. I said, hey, can we tune tune on in? I'd like to hear what you have to say. And they played the uh, Twilight Zone music. Oh, no. Uh, Okay. But the host actually came on and said, hey, Katie, I'm sorry for that. We're not trying to make fun with the music. And there was actually an apology. That's the first time I've ever heard that. I know every show that I have been a guest on on major media and major radio stations it has always been the X-Files theme song, Star Trek, Doctor Who, or whatever it may be. But this this host of this show that had Katie on there was actually apologetic for 
thinking that maybe this the music was making fun of the subject matter. And I think, Jason, that with t- today's hearings, we're probably going to see, maybe not long-term, but at least mm-hmm. a maturity in radio show hosts, television show hosts, producers, who are now looking at this as a topic of discussion for further programming. And th- that can only be a good thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I just want the laughing at the podiums to stop. You know, if our spokespeople for certain branches of government can't even stop laughing when a question is posed from the media pool, that that incites me every single time. It just does. Like, nobody likes to be laughed at by their own government. <laughs> no, but but the idea that we are, as we got about eight minutes to go here before the bottom of the hour, uh, the idea that we are getting closer to the seriousness of the way this is being covered. Like, look, everyone, this is front page news, not only in the United States, here in Canada, over in the United Kingdom, and Europe, and other places. This if we take another positive out of today, and trust me, I'm very negative about what happened today. Very negative. But if we take a positive out of it, we can look to the fact that the mainstream media actually did their job and reported this seriously. And I know I talked to a few people in Vancouver today. I talked to people around the country. Uh, Daniel Otis gave us a shout-out on Twitter after CTV News had put up their latest story about that, you know, basically saying, hey, guys, blame that spaced-out radio for Lou Elizondo hooking up with the Canadian government. That's where I got my information from. And you yeah. know what? This is the way the ball starts rolling and we got to keep that momentum. And I think that momentum, we'll see how long the delay is between the next set of hearings or, more importantly, what leaks out of the closed hearings, which we're going to have to watch people like Brian Bender for that because we know he has sources. And then we got to see what's going to happen on the other fronts, the Canadian front, the UK front, because this, if it did anything, opened up the discussion it didn't open up pandora's box but it sure as hell opened up the discussion who wants to jump in i'll jump in i mean you know this did just the maelstrom and the will docs being brought up that opens up the next briefing but even before then we we have reports coming in you know aren't they're due every six months and you know, everybody was disappointed with what had been reported in this first round. So maybe with this good first hearing, I know, in the spirit of it being a good first hearing, yeah, maybe we'll we'll get something good in this next report. And then we'll have the best second hearing. Who knows? Melinda, what's your thoughts? I, I I agree with what Nicole just said. I think it's, as I said earlier, it's a good first step um, that uh, I think obviously it, it sounded to me in every way like there was going to be more. In fact, it so much sounded like more was coming when they quickly ended at 
was an hour and a half or whatever, it, 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 that was a shock to me because it sounded like they were just starting to work towards more. Uh, but then I thought, okay, then there's obviously things going on in the closed door session. Uh, so that was the continuation. Um, and it sounded to me like there were going to be more hearings. I mean, um, yes, with the Wilson document information um, and the um, uh, Malstrom event being brought up, that, that that sounded like, you know, and having those entered into the record uh, as they were is, is, sounds to me like building towards uh, another hearing. And, uh, and I think it was a good first step. It, I was pleasantly surprised was a little more than I wanted. Yes, there were things I was disappointed about, no doubt, um, and frustrated about. Um, but at the same time, I thought, okay, it's a first step. We at least got what we got. It certainly wasn't a step back. Um, there's no major, you know, th this isn't a back step. This is a, a movement forward. Um, it was a hearing for the first time, like I said, in 50 years. And, and I think we're definitely going to expect more to come. Um, and uh, so, you know, uh, yeah, I, 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 maybe I'm choosing to see it better, you know. Um, granted, I had problems with it, you know, like I said. And, and uh, but I, I also, you know, as I said earlier, I think it was a huge wake-up call for the field to realize what's still being lied about, what isn't, and and that Congress cares. That It appeared to me that those Congress members did care about what they were doing and, um, and were disappointed in the responses. And, uh, and so I think that's going to lead to additional hearings. Um, Melinda, in, yeah. in that same vein of thought, um, do you think there was a little bit of playing the nice guy going on in the public side of things? Do you think they were going to like heat things up in the second part, the closed hearings? I mean, yeah, I maybe because I, I, I agree. I think to go to get heated. So. Yeah, I I agree, Nicole. That crossed my mind today. I I felt like they didn't want to make these two guys look like the bad guys. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they need to work with them. They're they're It's, they've clearly, you know, it's a shot across the bow. We're paying attention to what you're doing. We're paying attention to what you're coming across and we expect more. I think that was clear. Yeah. And, uh, and I think to, to not point, not paint them to be bad guys to uh, say, we, you know, we're interested in what you're coming up with. And we want to see what you come up with in the future and what you come up with on these subjects that are of interest to us and the American people. I agree with you, Nicole. I think it was, put, like you said, putting forth a, a good public face uh, about what the Pentagon Department, the, the what are we calling it the, now, the... Um, what are they calling it? The AMSOG? The AMSOG? Oh, you know, the AMSOG? You know, as a way to pronounce it, okay, whatever. <laughs> the AMSOG and what they're doing. One, one at a time, guys. We're bleeding over each other. Oh, sorry. But, but, but again, what the AMSOG are doing, and, and I, Nicole, I think you're right on it, that they're putting forth a public face, a good public face 
and and that may be more the finger wagging of what Congress expects from them uh, was said in the closed door. We can only hope, you know. Um, but you know, without knowing that, we're we're left uh, only speculating. But I, I agree with you. I think it was to try to to put forth a, a public face. And yeah, it was limited. I, I don't want everyone to think I was fully on board with it. I mean, it it, it was limited. There were lies said, no doubt. And um, but I think it's it's a step in the right direction, and it's promising of more to come. That's what I think. All right, we got twenty five seconds left, so I'm going to get uh, you guys to all hold on here before we head into the final half hour. What happens next? That is where we got to figure out where the ping pong ball bounces when we return on Spaced Out Radio as we continue on talking for the final half hour tonight about the UFO topic coming into the public eyes with the U.S. Congress hearings in Washington, D.C. earlier today. Did you like it? Did you not? Let us know on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. We'd appreciate that. Your opinion means so, so much to us. Jason Gilbat from UAP Studies Podcast, Nicole Sackage, Melinda Leslie. We got up till the top of the hour on Spaced Out Radio. The topic continues right after this. All right, we're clear. Jason, I want to hear you say some more, Jason. What's up? When we go when we go back, I'm curious, you know, more of your view on this. I'm so, I'm I'm so I love topics like that. I could just sit back and just listen to everybody because it's this is it's great. But I feel like uh, I'm starting to really repeat myself, and I don't want to, you know. Uh, hey, you guys! They did say they're going to change the name. He did Carson. I think was like we're we're going to change that name. Like. <laughs> It's so maybe horrible. we should start submitting them. Unfortunately, it's not theirs to do. The Pentagon came up with that, so you know well, they can. They got to change that. See, yeah, terrible. those names got to be approved. Do you think there's like a chain of how yeah, they approve names? We need and, to submit some good ones to them yeah. so we can pass <laughs> that up the pipeline. Like, what do we want this called? <laughs> Epic space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The AIMSOG is really. Yeah. Every time they said that today, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I don't, you know what? You might as well throw up a bingo card. Here's a t shirt idea. <laughs> we'll throw up a bingo card t shirt with all the different names that we could, you know, figure out, you know, with, you know, UFO or UAP. I mean, they can't even figure that part out. I mean, it's ridiculous. It is, it is ridiculous. And Dave, I don't want you to forget about this, but we do have to talk about this um, building relationships with NASA because I know you love talking about the skeletons that NASA has. So, oh, oh uh, are you trying to get me fired up right in the final half hour here? I am. I, I wanted to bring it up like an hour ago and I forgot because I was like, ooh, we got to get Dave talking NASA. God damn so. NASA. I, I love him and I hate him at the same time. Love <laughs> Same here, though. And did you guys see Neil deGrasse Tyson's statement today? Yeah, being a dink as usual. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't see it. Uh, Seriously, like, why does he even have to comment? Basically, he said, 
if if aliens were here, you wouldn't need congressional hearings to try and sell us on the topic. Oh. Totally the wrong attitude. Because as a scientist, you should be you should be talking about the data and saying we need the science. Where's the data? That's what he should should be saying. The problem, you know, he shouldn't be bad mouthing. Yeah, the problem is Avi Loeb. Avi Loeb has the same fucking degree as him. Okay? Yeah. He does. Oh. Well, I got we're in commercial break here, so I can swear. But but he has the same degree, <laughs> same educational status, except Neil deGrasse Tyson has the television candor to be the scientist of America. That's the only difference that he's got the blue yeah. check mark and Avi Loeb doesn't. You're, Neil deGrasse Tyson is calling every scientist in the SCU a dumb mofo for believing yeah. in this topic because they have looked into the research and like what they saw. Case in point, Simon Fraser University here in British Columbia, okay, they have a gentleman named Paul Kingsbury where seven years ago, Paul Kingsbury decided to do a study and got a grant for $184,000 to try and figure out why people chase UFOs, Bigfoot, and the paranormal. He went in as a complete skeptic, not believing anything at all. Thought it was all horseshit. He is now one of the heads of the SCU. He is a full-on believer. He has eyewitnessed UFOs, ghostly activity, and been in areas where they have found Sasquatch evidence here in British Columbia. That's what a scientist does. A scientist's job, whether or not you believe anything, is irrelevant. You have to go where the evidence is. And the problem with DeGrasse Tyson is he is conducting opinion. Somebody in yeah. his position should not be conducting opinion. That's wrong. I'm not even a scientist. I failed science in high school. Okay? And I know that shit. It's ridiculous. He could follow suit with Sagan. Yeah. I mean, they bought Sagan's statements. Like, what's with DeGrasse's terrible statements? Like, they just don't even. I tell you, he needs a camel. I, they touch. don't even have the mystery they're, they're of. Pathetic. They're so limited. They're, you know, they're they're so pathetic, so limited in in their thinking. There's no creative or expansive thinking there. You know, as a scientist, I want my scientists to be explorers to say what do we yes. not know let's look into what we okay. don't know let's explore melinda i need to cut you off there we're going to get going here okay. in 10 seconds thank you to all the super chatters tonight very much appreciate it i will name you off at the end of the show and we're going to go with the final half hour right now Round of third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate you sticking on around. Talk some UFOs with us. Want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com 
forward slash spaced out radio. Do me this favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. For the final time tonight, we introduce our panel, Jason Gilmatt from UAP Studies Podcast, Nicole Sackett's Melinda Leslie, and we continue on right now. Now, Nicole, you wanted to get into a touchy subject because it came up during the hearings today, and that was regarding NASA. Why must you piss me off like this in the final <laughs> well, half hour of the show? Before we just roll it into just NASA talk, I do want to bring up that they brought up the FFA and NOAA about three or four times yeah. along with NASA and building these relationships with them is a positive thing to gain their data and expertise. But yes, I want to incite Dave's uh, NASA riot (laughs) feelings. You know, because, yeah. Look, I'm, I'm grinding my teeth as I say this, okay? I'm grinding my teeth because NASA, out of anybody, should really shut the hell up. And let me explain why. You got Bill Nelson, the head of NASA, granted he's new, coming out talking about UFOs being here, talking about extraterrestrials visiting the planet, and yet for 50 years plus, NASA has denied that almost every launch has been followed by a UFO. They have been accused of doctoring photos and scrubbing photos. From Apollo right to now, they have doctored audio. They have uh, cut Silence feeds to the astronauts. They have cut feeds to the International Space Station when anomalous objects have been flying by. They have forewarned their astronauts not to talk about things like this. You know, how about the emergency line with Neil with Neil Armstrong? They are here. They are on the hill, and they are watching us. What about that? What about, yes, uh, Houston, there is a Santa Claus. They have shut down their own astronauts, whether it's Edgar Mitchell, whether it's, uh, I forget Mr. Cooper's name, okay, and others who saw anomalous objects while in space. That's not fair. John Glenn saw it as well. And for NASA to come out and try and play this field like we're stupid. You guys have had 60 years to look into space. Okay? You supported a SETI program, which allegedly found nothing. Okay? How about cleaning out your own bloody closet before you start talking about UFOs and making us look like we're dummies? I don't like it. I can't stand NASA for that. Cannot stand them. Nicole. You got me fired well, up. I, I want to segue this into a little bit of our Neil deGrasse Tyson talk because, okay, why can't we just acknowledge the golden records out there and we may be getting visits back because of that? Like, I mean, wasn't that the whole purpose of sending the golden record out there with 
our nude bodies and a thousand ways to say hello. And (laughs) yeah, we're setting up new nude bodies. That's our response to potential aliens. Well, Billy, you just said a month and a half ago that you think the bloody aliens are here and that they're visiting us. Why do we need to send up these stupid coins that show naked bodies that that finally have a man that is made like a man? Okay? Like, come on. This is ridiculous. dad bod? Yeah, I wish. I wish. Yeah, just but, a sad plot. But this is what to expect when you land. But NASA should be embarrassed, and nobody has ever called them out for that. They need to be embarrassed. They need to have some egg on their face. They need to say that they have been absolutely dirty in the UFO game because they're the ones who've been covering it up just as bad as the Air Force and the Navy. This is why I think it's going to be difficult for this UAP task force is saying that it's laying down all these foundations and relationships with all these organizations, but all these organizations that had, you know, serving their own self-interest for quite some time, uh, keeping the public, like we know about NASA, we know about the Air Force, which is quite silent on that. Even the Department of Energy, you know, the fact that they got them on board because we've know from the past that the department of energy is you know sometimes involved in crash retrievals and things of that nature so the fact is i don't know if these um all these different uh, alphabets are going to play ball with the new department you know they're going to need to prove themselves first before they get any real valid data from these organizations i think it might be wishful thinking but again i just think it's a case of the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing very true. But in NASA's case, both their hands are tied behind their back while both are covering their eyes, and their next set of arms is covering their ears, and their fourth set of arms is covering their mouth. Mm. Morons. Do you, do you think we'll hear the line that we heard out of uh, Bray and Moultrie today, that the excuse will be that they haven't been told by somebody important to specifically look at this stuff? So that's what I kind of think we'll hear that line again. (laughs) I want to hear Bill Nelson come out and say that NASA has checked our closets and we found some anomalous stuff that needs to be included in these next hearings. We need Bill Nelson to have the cojones to actually open up the secrets of NASA and explain that this is what we need to do. Okay, this is what we found. This is what we found on the moon. This is what our satellites have taken pictures of while going past Titan or Saturn or Venus or or wherever. This is what Hubble has found while taking incredible shots of other universes. Okay, give me the damn aliens. Well, um, we are talking about NASA and space, and they brought up NOAA, and that's, you know, underwater space. And, man, did they zip it up fast with that. They're like, oh, oh yes, session. they did. Oh, close session. Yeah. Oh, close session. <laughs> Don't even breathe again. Move it along. So that kind of information, I mean, I don't know, maybe... You know, we're saying let's put the pressure on NASA, but we need to equally so with NOAA. Well, I mean, look, NASA, the the unidentified submersibles are rather new 
over the last right. decade or two. NASA's had 60 years of BS, okay, and excuses. They need to be held accountable. And I would love to hear somebody talk about holding them accountable. Nobody ever holds <laughs> NASA accountable. They spend billions upon billions on rockets that are, you know, I mean, now we see Elon Musk kind of doing it the same way that are antiquated for today's technology, as far as we're allegedly to believe. Like, where are we going? What are you hiding? Okay, more astronauts need to come out. We've seen the astronauts. How many more astronauts should there be to come out before they start believing them? The astronauts who have come out that are still alive, along with the testimonies of the deceased, like Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the number six man to walk on the moon, need to come out in any future public hearings. The media, being as stupid as they are on this subject, needs to realize that this is a major play in the UAP story. Just like Roswell is, just like Phoenix is, just like Kecksburg yeah. or Marfa or wherever. Okay? NASA has to open up. Call their shots. I'm pissed about this. Thanks, Nicole. I love it. Yeah, well, you're, you're welcome. Are. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> you, you brought up a good point because it's not just are these things in our airspace, but if these things have a base in the back of the moon, or a city, for, for crying out loud, in the back of the moon, uh, we'd want to know about it. That's sort of where we're going next. We keep talking about the moon. Canada just recently is looking at laws for criminalization uh, acts in space because we don't have laws yet that protect astronauts in space. Once you're off Canadian soil or off planet, are there laws? So we're starting to implement laws for the moon and stuff like that, for crying out loud. So that is our next step. After that is Mars. So we want to know, like, if it's not just, are they in our airspace? Are they in our water? But are they behind the moon? Are they on the moon like they were in 1960s when we went there? Uh, we want to know. That's important information. I, I, I totally agree with you. NASA has been way too quiet on this. And as for the live feeds, there's enough live feed footage that cut off or the minute something comes into view that uh, you could probably try them in court if you needed to, because there's enough of those videos out there that uh, it's just, it's funny. Yeah. The fact that they've been quiet this long and still quiet on the issue when this is now blowing up, it's, it's crazy. Even the live feed that they don't ever cut the one that is continuous. And there's the groups that pull footage off of that and find material that just, goes unacknowledged at all you know there's never even a comment or a "Ooh, that's interesting we'll look into that you know nothing yeah no but they'll talk about that space blanket <laughs> oh yeah we're fixing that that leak that they got inside the space station but they don't talk about uh anything else that goes by there no oh no. i i'm so upset about nasa so upset. I just well, honestly, I, if Bill Nelson was here, I, I, I'm afraid for him because he's old and probably a little frail. But I want to shake the man. I want to shake him. Well, okay. think about how quiet Noah is, though. I mean, come on, they don't ever leak anything. Nothing. 
And you, you know what we hear about, whether it's in the Atlantic or the Pacific. They have to have some answers. Yeah. Their silence is eerie silence. It's like I, gives you the creeps when well, you think I, about it. I know that, but you know, there's also megalodon out there, and I ain't dealing with those sharks <laughs> that could take me down in one bite. Okay, so I'm not worried about the underwater UFOs because eventually megalodon will take care of them. All right, but up in space or wherever they're coming from, Melinda, you've been awfully quiet about NASA. Well, no, I, I I kind of agree with you. I mean, I do appreciate that Bill Nelson's made a bunch of recent comments uh, saying that we, you know, know them or believe them to be extraterrestrial a number of times and some lengthy interviews. But but then I, 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 even though I enjoy him saying that, I turn around and go, wait a second, we're talking NASA. They have a tremendous amount of evidence. It's like, dude, if 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 you're saying that and you believe that, then then why not look at the actual evidence you guys do have? And uh, so I end up, you know, having this kind of mixed feeling about it. Realizing, I, again, I say, Dave, I agree with you. They are definitely withholding. Um, they definitely have uh, a lot more uh, evidence and things that they've seen over the years um and uh you know and 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 it went uh, and again i think it was was it you nicole or dave or both of you saying when are they can be held accountable you know they need to be held accountable um if all the data is being gathered by the dod on this then okay, we need to know what NASA has, you know. Let's gather their accounts. What have the, like you were saying, Nicole, what have the astronauts seen? You know, absolutely. And, and as you guys are sitting here saying this about NASA, I keep thinking of one of the obvious uh, misses going on here, and and Congress needs to have a hearing just to say, Where's their data is not only NASA, but the obvious here, so I'm saying, Dave, I'm kind of switching the story here a little bit, is the Air Force. Now, I came onto this interview so late. Did everyone cover how that was missing from the hearing? That's, that's a big absent missing information is no one ever brought up the Air Force. And, uh, and Congress needs to ask these guys, you know, uh, these two guys um, and everyone associated with this new department, you know, again, AIM, AIM SOG, you know, they need to say, where is the Air Force data? Where's the Air Force information? And and the thumbscrews need to be put on, on that. And again, you guys can clue me in if something was said before I came in uh, tonight. No, we didn't talk too much about that. But, yeah, the Air Force is always quiet. You never hear anything from the Air Force. And that's why, I, you know, even when we're talking about the different departments, that it seems like NASA's in charge of space. You got the Air Force in charge of, you know, the, the main area uh, over the United States. And then you got different departments running what's underwater. So, again, everything's compartmentalized. I'm having a hard time with that word. Uh, 
and that's that's the, the the hard fact is that this spreads out it leaks out more than just a, a little ufo group that the congress is putting together this is so huge that you need well, a large isn't, organization isn't, right isn't their directive maybe i missed this but i'm pretty sure their directive is to get all these groups to provide their information is not what they're supposed to be doing i wanted the congressman to say Where's the data from these different organizations, from these different branches of intelligence and the different branches of the military? Where is that data? And why isn't that being considered? When the when Bray said there were 400 more cases, they're talking about pilots, you know, naval pilot cases. Where's all the Air Force pilot cases? Right. Where's, where's the NASA astronaut cases? How come that data is not being included in this? And when is it going to be? Yeah, good point. What, what, what did she say? What was that? FAA. The FAA. The FAA. I mean, I, yeah. I keep thinking about O'Hare, the O'Hare incident. And every yeah. time they say the FFA, I'm just like, oh, well, we know what yeah. they do with their data. <laughs> yeah. So you have all the civilian pilots, too. But yeah. even if they're just focusing on the military stuff and the intelligence community, stuff so far where's the data from these other organizations and and congress needs to ask that that's what needs to be included in the hearings and maybe they did in the closed door session but in the public session we didn't hear that you know and uh and and i thought that was a real missed opportunity for them to get into when you know even if they got an answer at least to say when are they going to start getting that data you know, it's one thing to say, well, we're focusing just on the military or just on the Navy right now. But at least if they'd admitted that and said, when are we going to get the rest? And 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 Congress needs to, to say we demand this by a certain time. You know, I, 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 I again, Nicole, you said it earlier. I think they're trying to just put out a, a, a public face to John Q. Public about. Oh well, we're you know they're they're just starting up and they're just getting going and you know I think it was a lot of letting them off the hook because they didn't want to finger wag this early. That's the only yeah. thing that makes sense to me here. That's you know that's got to be the only thing that makes sense and 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 that will come. You know at least God, I certainly hope that that comes and I hope Congress says we demand the rest of this information. And they might be giving them some time to build these relationships and build these data sets, like they said several times. So, yeah, yeah. that could have been I mean, some slack, you know. But yeah. that's also what I expect to be asked at the next hearing, you know. And, how and, are those and like I said, developing Schiff was in there. That suggests to me. It didn't miss me, and and I heard Bassett talking about it today. That that you know that sets up for future hearings amongst Congress, and then of course then there'll be Senate hearings, you know, because this was Rubio Gillibrand's amendment, and and you know. So that's a good uh, point. That's hopefully, a good point. again, hopefully this is just the start of more to come. I, I certainly hope so. Well, we're going to have to see what happens as we get about one minute to go here. We're going to have to see what happens with Rubio and Gillibrand because they cannot yeah. be happy as of what came out today. There was a lot of deflection, a lot of conjecture, and they're the ones who've been pushing for this, especially Senator Gillibrand. 
I can't mm-hmm. wait for her to drop the gloves on this. This is going to be a gong show. This is a heavyweight going against a flyweight. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be nuts. And you know what? If there is a silver lining out of today is that the heavyweights haven't spoken yet. And that is something that we get to look forward to. And hopefully mm-hmm. they don't even put the gloves on. Let's go bare knuckles on this. You know, the good old-fashioned way at center ice. Melinda Leslie, Nicole Sackich, Jason Gilmet from UAP Studies Podcast. Along with earlier tonight, we had Katie Page. We had Christina Gomez. We had Science Bob, a.k.a. Dr. Bob McGuire. And from the Liberation Times, we had Chris Sharp. What a panel. As you can see, we're just in the mix, throwing the news out. What we liked, what we didn't like. If you want to comment on this, do it. If you're on our YouTube channel, do it below after the show. Go onto our social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or TikTok or even our Facebook page, because we want to know your answers. This affects each and every one of you out there. It affects every 7.8 billion of us on this planet. We know they're here. We just deserve the answers to know what they're here for and where they're coming from. What a great panel tonight. Want to say thank you to everyone for coming on in because we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. I know you're Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.